everybody, and welcome to episode 342 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas. Who else is joining me here in the mystical, magical, your name here, Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? Christopher McClunky Antista. And Matt Gaming Podcastman Allen. And special guest... George, still a real porch than Albor. <laughs> still a real what? A person. I sort uh, of first... flubbed that one. <laughs> it sounded like porchson. So maybe yeah. I'm not real, actually. Not yeah, really, maybe. But, yeah. maybe. It was a robot answer. Obviously, longtime listeners are familiar with you, but where, where might people hear you outside of this show? Uh, I also host the Experience Points podcast, so ah, you yes. would hear me there. Hooray. So we've got a fun show planned. Obviously, we've all been playing death stranding very avidly and we have a lot to say about it and like death stranding do you mean disney plus yes that's what i've been playing <laughs> disney plus blackbeard's ghost blackbeard's ghost thank you <laughs> i'm just saying that because you mentioned it, it. Is the best movie on that service although Not true the computer war tennis uses there i just my wife it. did refer me to the cat from outer space as well chris another classic mm-hmm. oh god mm-hmm. <laughs> see i'm the biscuit I'm, eaters anyone <laughs> I'm morbidly curious because it's got the Mr. Boogity movies, and I never actually watched those as a kid, but everybody was always talking about them. I traveled one hour out of town to watch that movie. I'm and sorry. everyone is still talking about them. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's It's been 100 years, and we're still talking. It's all that in Halloween Town, man. You know, mm-hmm. Those are the two classics. Yep, Mr. Boogity. I know. This week's bonus time is, is uh, unique in that I think it's the first one I've ever blacked out during. <laughs> one of the but first, but not the last. It's the first. It's the first time it's happened. Well, whatever. New medication and all that. But uh, but yeah, I really. All I want to do is talk about the Mandalorian, and you come in with a Death Stranding. Half man, hand half Delorean. I heard that. Yes. <laughs> God damn. Well, if he was not even my that, joke. If he, if he was in Death Stranding, he'd be Delorean man. Ah yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be Delorean man. That's yeah. yeah that, that's I why my my yet. name was Matt Podcast Game, Gaming Podcastman. Ah, oh, I, I see. Oh, I get it now. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, you should because I have zero subtext, much like Hideo Kojima. Oh, he's got Go tons to of subtext. Mind. No, he has not. He just likes to make the obvious messages really obvious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Die hard. But yeah, so Mandalorian. That was pretty cool. Sure. The pilot. Seen it. I yeah. seen it. How many episodes did they launch with? Just one. One, one yeah, a week. They're, they're doing the, the old network model. Mm-hmm. Old I gotta, school. I gotta watch that. It's in again. It's odd. I, I always say that on on bonus time, like the the Netflix binge option means I like tear through something while looking at my phone and then never watch it again. I've watched The Mandalorian twice. <laughs> oh, just wow. to like. Here's a fun Disney. game. What's your uh, mm-hmm. what's your avatar on Disney Plus? It's Oswald. Okay, of course it would be Michael. Oh my I'm, god, I'm not avatars? on Disney Plus. Oh man, I yeah. I am Mister Incredible, of course. Yeah, I wanted to get Donald, but they don't have it. God, I want to complain mm. about Disney they don't Plus have so Donald? bad. Can we do that. What's even the point? <laughs> they have Mickey and Friends Row. I don't think they have Donald in there. Though. Again, what's why even do, the why point? Do, why are there avatars? Is it is there like a social network? It's like how them? Netflix says avatars, like on Netflix. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm well, I can't really. see your. Your Mickey Mouse avatar, maybe. Yeah, which is yeah. like, what? What's the point of having different profiles? Like, so I can have different watch lists of the same two hundred movies. Spoken like a like, single man. The point is, when you have a family and you don't want all your kids 
saved list stuff cl- cluttering up yours and all your recommendations. But it doesn't have like the whole reason Netflix does that is to keep adult content out of kids' eyes where there there is none here and like and and. But, there's, but it's there's also, only the same it, couple it, things there. There's not enough diversity to like bother splitting it up. But it's also there's like your recommendation engine. You, you really don't want like if your kids are watching kid programming, like it messes with your recommendations in those apps. It sucks. Yeah, but even if that's the case, like it it always recommends like, do you like Star Wars? Did you know there's seven more movies? Like the, the recommendations are ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they have a weird accent when it was making that Star Wars? Have you heard hey, of the Star, Star Wars? Wars? Do you like Mickey I'm Mouse? You know he's in, he's in several other cartoons, up to 12 on this service. <laughs> hey, you like bad live-action Disney movies? You want to watch Solo? <laughs> you wanna, I can't. That not movie here. was You want to watch Flight of the Navigator, The Young Runaways? Not here either. <laughs> Man, you're really selling Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it because like, I own all this shit already. And it's, of course you do. And like, the, the coolest thing on there is for me was Mandalorian and the computer wore tennis shoes in HD. Hmm. I got to work. I got to watch Caesar Romero and Joe Flynn get covered in paint and thrown into a hay bale. It was great. But then, friend of the show Dan Emmerich pointed out they have the computer wore tennis shoes, and then the other one where he's like a strong man. They don't have. There's like a middle movie that it's missing. It's yeah. They don't have now. You see me. Yeah. It, Fortunately, I picked them all up at Cracker Barrel for a song. <laughs> <laughs> Never were more southern words spoken. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Cracker Never Barrel. forget the Dexter Riley trilogy, the original. In continuity universe in Disney, the Medfield College universe. Jesus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're welcome. It's, you can see it in the um, you can see it on the Epcot ride. I'll be on this weekend. Is that where Professor Fred McMurray taught? That is, mm-hmm. and Robin Williams in the remake. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And it's where the Shaggy Da uh, policed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Anybody else want to know more about Disney 1960s no. live no. action? Comedy? Nobody does. <laughs> It should be left buried in the vault, which should then be buried. No, the yeah, vault's the, part of the, this. Everyone's universe. talking about the uh, the racist descriptions in the animated movies. Mm. Like, I, I, one of my favorite live action Disney films I taped off a of television when I was little is Sammy the Way Out Seal, which I never thought I'd see oh anywhere again. And it has there's no warning on it, but like, if you don't like dog cruelty, there's a giant section in there that like. There's no way the dogs like this. Uh, I don't think the dogs like this seal. God, and, <laughs> now I'm just going to go look up. You made me think of Lambert the sheepish, sheepish lion. Lambert the sheepish lion. Lambert is always trying. Right, I love that cartoon. That was on Disney Channel all the time. We girl. promised the show is yeah. about video games. It's got, a, it's got a goofy scream in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there ton, a few video games to talk about this week. Most mm-hmm. of them came out last week and... Since I guess Friday is the new Tuesday, we can't talk about Jedi Fallen oh, Order. Fallen, Fallen Order. Order. And Pokemon Sword, Shield, and Gun. Mm, yeah. <laughs> One of those. Well, even though that comes out Friday, that's oh. certainly not stopping the internet from talking about it. Only available at Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did someone break the street date on that or what? No, it's people complaining about a thing they haven't played yet. Welcome to the internet, Michael. Uh. <laughs> Where gamers, trademark, uh, have discourse on Twitter. See, I thought it was that like people are personally invested until the game comes out, and then they get angry. Oh, no, they're angry already. We'll talk yeah. about it no. in the next. It's just a constant sure state will. of anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, Never seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, we do begin this show with a top five, and uh, this was one that you suggested, Matt, and it kind of became something a little different in that like it's it's the new hotness now for games to have extended sequences where you stagger or crawl, you have limited yeah. control over your character, but 
Maybe you've been drugged. Maybe you've been wounded. Something is happening. What did, what did TV tropes, we have to give them credit, because they had a really cool name. Controllable place. helplessness. Thank you. Yeah, so this is something that I've been... It's been in games for a while, but I've noticed it's gotten worse and worse the past couple years, where it's like every other game does it now. And at first it was novel, and the novelty has worn off, because it just gets annoying. And the other thing that kind of brought it back up in my mind was Death Stranding because a big Mm. part of that game is being like weighed down with cargo and not being able to move until you manage your load better which yeah yeah to to put this into context like when I was playing Breath of the Wild my wife would keep popping in and saying like oh man this looks so pretty and she'd just like stand there and watch it because it's pretty and interesting and I'm doing cool things and now she just pops in to see like wait how much shit are you carrying now (laughs) (laughs) Like that that is a ridiculous tower. I, I want to see you fall down with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, there's some games that have just done it. I, I always I used to jokingly refer to the Bethesda games as mule simulators. Mm-hmm. Now Death Stranding has taken that crown because in the you know, in the Bethesda games it was always if you carry too much stuff, it would severely slow your movement through mm-hmm. the world. Right. Um I don't know if that actually made our list though, Michael, because the ones the examples I was more thinking of, it's like you're impaired by something. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say these are all for dramatic effect. This yeah. is not just, oh, you're over-encumbered, so now you're crawling. And, right. Uh, and, yeah, I the, the one that you used to pitch this, that, that you thought of for this, which you can say, uh, it, it sucks. That particular example is kind of egregious like this. You, mean, not you mean the Destiny 2 example? Mm-hmm. Okay. The the ones that I picked are all ones that's like, okay, maybe this isn't great, but this is extremely memorable. Uh-huh. Like, interesting things happen. Yeah. And, uh, the, the one in Destiny 2, it's it's in one of the earlier missions, mm-hmm. and it sucks because it lasts a really long time, and you're just like, fuck, I just hurry it along. Yeah. Come on. just Yeah, I, I counted it. it. Like, I watched a YouTube playthrough of that part and it's about two minutes that you're feels like staggering 20. and impaired but it feels oh, like a God. lot longer because nothing is happening and you're moving very slowly yeah and then the next mission you finally do get a weapon you can fight back against some wolves with but it takes a while and it's like it, it's effective at doing what it's meant to do which is you your power fantasy from destiny one it's basically how they hit the reset button mm-hmm. on you but it is so fucking <laughs> well, you can also the lighting in that scene is pretty atrocious. It can mm-hmm. be pretty easy to get lost yeah. and extend that yeah. well past two minutes. Yeah, there's another one in here. I don't think it made our list, and we won't give specifics of it. But it is another recent example. There's a long one of these in Red Dead Redemption Two. It's tied to a specific event, so again, we will not spoil I think it. There's a couple like this yeah. in Red Dead Redemption yeah. Two. Well, well, if you get drunk, so, yeah. if you get too too drunk. But, but there, are, this, I think there are a couple oh. of other story beats that make it happen. Uh, some would say that the intro is that, although it's not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so it's just a thing that's been happening more and more uh, recently in games. Um, and yeah, it's really annoying. Please stop doing this. <laughs> and so now we're going to talk to you about these annoying things yeah, for at yeah. least 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we'll get into them right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It. Like, I just saw the TV movie of It for the first time, like, a few years ago. Never seen it the before. TV movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. obviously didn't rent it when it was on VH, like, two giant VHSs, because it it's really long. It was aired over two nights in, like, 1990. 
and that's why it's like it, it's at some at times it's like a really straight horror movie, then other times it like really pulls its punches because it's airing on like ABC or some shit. And yeah, that, no, yeah, that's where I would always watch it. It would just play on cable TV. Yeah, and 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 I saw that, and I was and and I was like, I really like this, except for the adult parts. Why is that there? <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah. So when I found out they were splitting the movie in two to the adult parts, I'm like, that's a terrible idea because like this is. This is the dumbest part about the entire story outside of yeah, the, the kid that, orgy it, in the book. Yeah, so watching chapter two, I mean, I like Bill Hader, yeah. <laughs> but the pacing sometimes felt off, and it wasn't really scary. Oh, and, le- and let me say this. I walked out of that movie and still think I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I had a great time. Oh, yeah. I, I grabbed no, I mean, my like- friend's arm, his, his son's arm. We had a great fucking time. But, when I, but I also, on further reflection, I'm like, was that terrible, and was that a horror movie? <laughs> it was and- not good. It was fun. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Controllable helplessness? moments. Yeah. What? Crawly bits. <laughs> Crawly bits. <laughs> It's where you have to crawl or stagger because the story demands it. Gosh darn it. Mm-hmm. This is a very modern thing to put into games. So most of these will come from the last couple generations. Yeah. But our first one is much, much older and might actually be the progenitor of the trope in video games. Mm. Number five. Hey. Oh, man. Uh, give me- I heard finesse and champagne. <laughs> <laughs> finesse, champagne. I'll give you a couple hints. Those are aliens talking. This is the Sega CD version of the game. This is mm. a game that is beloved in Europe. Another world? Lemmings. Yes. Lemmings. No, Chris had it. <laughs> yes. Well, it's another world in Europe. It was out of this world over here. I think the first real big hit in America that Delphine Software had, and it kind of made this huge splash because like well even though the the graphics are weirdly blocky and we're not used to these polygon things the movement is super smooth it integrates cutscenes and action in a really smooth way that it's it's kind of difficult to tell where one begins and the other ends as you're playing these games yes. It was great. Yeah. It was like it was like a full animated game, but you couldn't tell what was going to animate. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what the style's called, but I know when I was playing Dead Cells, that's what it reminded me of, Out of This World. Or Another hmm. World. Yeah, wasn't this... There's a re- fairly recent remake of Out of This World, wasn't there? I think there was a remaster, not not oh, okay. like a full yeah, remake. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time I played it. Hmm. Yeah, and it got a... But I think it, we streamed it because Brett can beat it in one go. Yeah, it's once you know what you're you're doing, you can beat it in like an hour, hour and a half. I could never get over right, the fact there is, that there is it had the same. There's no doing anything else to finish the game. There's mm. like a very, very linear. Right. Game. Uh-huh. I could never get over the fact that it shared the same name as a TV series I watched a lot mm-hmm. as a child. <laughs> Would you like to swing on a star? And you Whoa, couldn't even freeze time in this one. What the fuck is that? Is that like Out of This the World, Jill, the TV the Colgate show? Colgate Comedy Hour with Tony yeah. Bennett? Remember Out of This World, the TV show? No. Oh my god. It was like uh what was the one with the uh, Small Wonder? It was like the poor man Small Wonder. Yeah, like, but it was it was about a girl who was half alien and she could freeze time by putting her fingertips yeah. together. Yeah, her dad was an alien. That was saved by the bell, and that's a bull. <laughs> <laughs> it can be both. They can share. How, did, how do you not even know what Out of This World is? 
I don't know, man. Maybe I, like it's. I mean, small wonder I didn't really even see. So I don't know. We had very limited stations growing up in Florida. Florida. But yeah, uh, I watched almost like four hours a day of uh, the Adam West Batman. That's oh my that's God. what I remember. It was, the, it was the best worst special effect in television because all she did was put her fingers together, and you could tell literally the actors were just like freezing. <laughs> so it's like the the end oh, of Police Squad where yeah, it's a fake freeze yeah. frame. <laughs> that's, that's so awkward. That's, that's a hell of a reference. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> I love that show. out of this world slash another world. We're just going to call it out of this world from now on. Uh, it got it got a sequel called Heart of the Alien on Sega CD, mm-hmm. which the the creator of the first game disowns. He said, "No, it wasn't wasn't up to par. Uh, interplay just kind of botched my vision for it, and uh, I don't like this." But the end of the first game, you are. Storming this this alien fortress with your alien buddy, who's yeah. just named Buddy, and uh, trying to escape and, and get out of here so you can maybe find a way back home. And instead, the ground that you're standing on gets hit by a laser blast and you fall and an alien hand shoots out and catches you on the way down. But, oh, it's a bad guy alien with red eyes and he picks you up and slams you against a wall. And apparently paralyzes you, then kicks you into the next screen. And you then get to slowly crawl toward this control panel. And while you're crawling, your alien friend Buddy comes in and tackles the red-eyed but otherwise identical alien. And they start just punching each other in an extremely rhythmic way. That that beat is not the music. That is their animation of punching. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? You come to this alien club often? Yeah. Uh-huh. One straddles and punches the other, then they flip over, and the other one does the punching. Michael. And but yeah, he uh, the red-eyed guy. Obviously, spoilers for Out of This World. If you're, if you're not going to play it, if you haven't played it by now, you probably won't. But uh, and you'll never get to this. <laughs> Go ahead and put your fingers yeah. together and freeze time. Go play it's, it. It's a tough back. one. Uh, but yeah, you, the, the red-eyed alien throws Buddy off the side of the cliff, whatever it is, no. and come gets up and slowly walks toward you. And just as you reach the control panel, he stands under the part where the whatever laser disintegrating ray it is that's controlled by the control panel hits, and you disintegrate him. And then, like, you have to slowly back into this like transporter thing and go up to the roof where you fall unconscious in, in right next to this giant pterodactyl looking thing that's going to carry you away. And, and then buddy manages to climb back up and he rescues you and you ri- you ride off into the sunset together. And- Wait, they pull the Tolkien. They have the pterodactyl thing carry you away when it could have just gotten you to that room, the, the entire Eagles. game. The Eagles. It's the Eagles, man. But it's, it's not, it's not a friendly pterodactyl necessarily. It's, it's like there's a horse there that just happens to fly. I mean, you, you can't just send the horse in to get you. You have to go out a to the Pegasus, stables. you mean. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that... Yeah, this is an early... This was, I think, the earliest example that I was aware of, yeah. of this like slow, dramatic crawl trope, like yeah. toward a weapon. The, 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 the too many cooks hit the reset button thing. This, this, this game was really ahead of its time in terms of like cinematic moments. And that's yeah. a, it's a great example. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's something I feel like it doesn't come up a lot in these discussions of how games have become more cinematic. Like traditionally, like Kojima games tend to come up, but mm-hmm. like this was doing some of that stuff really early. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I do but remember the animation was fairly fluid, too. It was extremely fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. like this game was way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I discovered it very, very late. And especially that I played it on Super Nintendo, and it looks pretty much like the definitive version. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. A little bit of a rise and fall for Delphine Software after this. Anyone remember what their next two games were? A game where you, you sell bathwater? That's what? that's the, the gamer girl. <laughs> that's a, Bell, uh, Bell, 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 Bell Delphine. Not Flashback? Okay, yeah, no, Flashback was the next one. Which mm-hmm. uh, up the stakes, I think, even more so. Like, I, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was the same developer, but it was very, extremely fluid, very cinematic. And then their game after that was Shaq Fu. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, when you, when you deliver perfection, you bow out. You go, yeah, That's it. <laughs> yeah. I know. A legacy of excellence. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Oh, you either live action. long enough to do contract work. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sad fate. But anyway, let's move along to... Number four. Okay, I don't think. Keep my head. I'll just head to the wreckage and see what I can find. There's water. There's something. Oh, well, it sounds like It's somebody... Uncharted. Yeah, but which Uncharted? uncharted. This is, I didn't get this it. This is the desert scene mm-hmm. from two or three. I've totally from forgot. Three. From three. From three. <laughs> they all melt together. The one everyone loves the most. Three. <laughs> no, it isn't. And part of it's because of this desert <laughs> scene, which takes forever. Yeah, it's about ten minutes. It feels a lot longer. <laughs> But it, it follows it like an game. one of the coolest action sequences in that entire game where you're you're fighting on a plane and you manage to like hit the parachute on some of the cargo and it all flies out and like all the these trucks, like this chained together string of yes. trucks start like flying out the back of this cargo plane and just floating in midair and so you're like climbing and fighting across those. And it's it's this amazing sequence. And then the plane crashes, everything falls apart, Drake manages to grab onto a falling piece of cargo and activate its parachute, just float safely down to the ground where everyone else dies, but now he's kind of fucked because he's in the middle of the Rubalkali Desert, Mm -hmm. and uh, this is where things get bad. (laughs) Hating the sand. Okay. So hot. I just find some, some water. Some water, we good. Again, basically ten minutes of holding up on the left stick. As uh, is it? Is it really ten minutes? Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah, I again timed it out with a YouTube video, and uh, I cannot remember. I, I only played, went through this once. Yeah, well, most people only did, but it's it's just yeah, ten minutes of holding up on the stick while he slowly trudges through the desert uh, in in like a series of scenes that just kind of fade from one to the other, and it's very reminiscent of Clark walking through the desert in National Lampoon Vacation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically a montage, right? Kind of. What I remember about it is is they do, they play on the whole like mirage thing. Like they they fuck with you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they like he sees what he thinks is solely waving to him over a dune. And then he sees like this big full oasis complete with palm trees and he wanders over to it and it it fades away. And that's when uh, the narration from T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland begins. Come in under the shadow of this red rock. (sighs) Ah. 
and I will show you something different. From either your shadow at morning striding behind you, or your shadow at evening rising to meet you. I will show you fear in a handful of dust. Oh no. You can feel the desperation. <laughs> um, How does he get out of this one? Remind me. I totally... Oh, well, uh, he, he kind of stumbles a bit and then uh, Sully appears. Wake up. Oh, man. Come on. Give me a hand. I'm looking for you. Go find you. I don't know how long I've been out here. But I think. Sully? Sully? Oh, fake out. It's just another hallucination. Ah, it's a mirage. But yeah, he finally just kind of stumbles and finds this this village that is completely destroyed. But I think it has a well and eventually finds his way to the fabled Iram of the Pillars, the the lost city out in the middle of the Rubokali Desert. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. It's coming mm-hmm. back to me now. It did yeah. feel pretty convenient how, how all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, found a city, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he's on his last legs by that point. You have a definite sense of that because you've been trudging for 10 minutes, <laughs> which in video game hours is like uh, is several days, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, it's like one Death Stranding mission. Mm-hmm. It's like That's like an well, entire maybe... day in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> in real time, Drake was only out there for like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. so really it's a comedic scene, <laughs> if you think about it like that. Uh, so thirsty. <laughs> so thirsty. Well, I, might, I might think so if it weren't for the fact that uh, you get to see him in the desert at night, too, just to establish that it's more than one day. Oh, God. <sighs> lay down. Can't lay down. And the desert at night is freezing. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an inhospitable place to find yourself. And not a lot of variation in the scenery. So you're just <laughs> spending a lot of time looking at dunes and wondering, well, how... How's this Drake boy going to get out of this one? Mm-hmm. Let me play some. <laughs> going to go play me some desert golf and mm-hmm. wait. Just hold up on the on the L stick. Yep, yep, yep. Just just tape it in place. See what happens. Did you, did you see this trope like originates from Lawrence of Arabia, which I have not seen? Hmm. The, oh the, no, I don't know if the trope does. Yeah, the I, wandering I, in deserts. I feel Looney Tunes. That's all I can think yeah. of. A mirage. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's older than Lawrence of Arabia, but I don't know. I'm I'm no but film it's like, historian. It's like where, it's where I get all my knowledge. Way. It's from wherever I get all my knowledge of quicksand from. Is what I know about desert oasis is mirages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from Looney Tunes. And, and I had I was ex- I'm not kidding. I was excited to finally play something like that. Huh. So I wasn't I wasn't um, I don't remember this being like uh, a like come on. I don't remember that in Uncharted. Just because like you were sort of waiting for the next ambitious moment to occur, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because the the series had had become known for that. Yeah. Yeah, in many ways, know, this didn't piss me off. In many ways, this is almost like a metaphor for how I felt about, I'd say, the entire third act of Uncharted Four. It was like, come on, just get it over with already. <laughs> like so much. Except that was nonstop action. Like, I've had enough. There's a lot of false endings. <laughs> it was like the Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. I, w- I want a quiet moment. Just let me pull something with my winch. <laughs> By the way, did you see that the casting news for the Uncharted movie? That's hilarious. No, no. Oh, is it? It's a uh, Spider Man, right? Well, Mark Wahlberg has been cast. Well, Again? As what? Drake? As Sully. Oh. That <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh, I'm not shit. kidding. I'm not. 
Uh, he was originally cast like ten years ago as as Nathan Drake. Yeah, when and now who is Drake? Sully. Uh, uh, Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man, yeah. He, it's, it's supposed to be oh, younger. Oh, Tom Holland? Yeah, no, Tom the Holland. real Spider-Man. No, it's actually just Spider-Man. It's Peter Parker. Oh, Peter Parker. Yeah, Miles yeah. Morales. Sweet. The internet's going to go crazy. He's got the clothes on yes, over yeah. him. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they're playing young Drake. Mm. Yes. Yeah. You only sometimes oh, see the Spider-Man okay. uniform sticking out. <laughs> it's uh, a little off-putting. But so is, it, is it David O. Russell directing? Because that was like the main reason that oh, he was casting. No, they've, they've, they've recast the director like four times. Oh, Jesus. Well, Marco That's always quality. a good sign, I hear. <laughs> I say let it go. Naughty Dog did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, that series reached a satisfying conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time, right, time to ruin it with a movie. With yeah, a movie version. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's have a tie-in game, too. It's been long enough. You still remember this thing fondly, don't you? Here. Sure. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's have a tie Uncharted the Sands of Time. <laughs> oh. All right. But, you bet, yeah, uh, the trip through the, the Rubakali Desert, a little tedious, certainly memorable. But is it as memorable as... Number three. Calm, little puppy. And slink back to your kennel. You haven't the metal for my brand of madness. Hmm, we got a sort of shimmery sound there. We got possibly a piratey accent. What game oh, could this be? Oh, oh, this is AC Black Flag? Yes. You know, you know what? It's I just funny. It easy, I was thinking of Assassin's Creed because there is a, des- a really funny desert scene in Assassin's Creed Origins. Mm-hmm. Where you're not trudging through a desert, you're buried up to your head like like ah, yes. like a father at yeah. the beach, mm-hmm. <laughs> up to your neck in sand. Like a father at the beach. <laughs> I think you you have control of like one hand, right? You, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, it's and, really good. And you you have Sweet. to use your eagle to uh, to get out of this predicament. But but uh, yeah, in Black Flag, tell us about the, when when are you disabled? I actually don't remember this. So this part. this is when Edward's story hits possibly its lowest point most of his friends have been caught and executed i think he's been marooned at some point the dread pirate roberts the original one has taken over his crew and taken a first civilization artifact that edward's been after and he sees him in a bar and while while he's getting drunk and then he stumbles after him and has a series of weird hallucinations where he kind of stumbles after Roberts and then starts just crawling and he's crawling on a beach and he keeps seeing all of his uh, friends popping up and ignoring him. Here's to gentlemen of fortune and women of leisure. To a world full of rogues better than all the kings and queens that kick us about. As gentlemen of fortune, we enjoy plenty and satisfaction, pleasure and ease, liberty and power. What man with a sensible mind would choose the former life? For I have dipped my hands in muddied waters, and withdrawing them, find it's better to be a commander than a common man! This is basically Roberts trying to teach Edward a lesson. This is like, look, you are not fit to play the big boy games all right you are a little boy pretending to be a big boy you need to step aside and let me do as i please because as he says very pointedly in all your years out here you could never achieve what i've done in one fifth the time because you're a good man edward see goodness is your disease yeah you're too weak to do what i do you're not a real pirate. You're not even a real assassin. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> just stole some guy's costume. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it just kind of it devolves into this hallucinatory 
first you're staggering, then you're crawling, then you're you're swimming through a bunch of sharks that are feasting on like dead crew members that are floating underwater. Uh, then you're at the helm of a ship while various women are appearing and saying, what the hell are you doing? Turn back. You weren't supposed to take this path. And it's like, oh, I'm so close. Mm. Then you have to get your ship to go upside down to mm-hmm. get to or from Limbo. I forget. That's, uh, that's the Pirates movie. Never yes, mind. Yes, Never mind. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody <laughs> remember the Pirates movie. <laughs> that one, too. <laughs> Especially the last one, Jesus. It's like a Joker scene. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, they, the whole movie at World's End. <sighs> But, but finishing this whole sequence and where, where he wakes up, like, uh, in the middle of a town with a killer hangover and says he's got a head for ten, like, man, I remember being that drunk and hungover. Like, it's not pleasant <laughs> after a while. It sucks. It really isn't. Uh-uh. Again, patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, I, I don't know at what point I black out in the podcast. Wait, do you wake, Can't wait to do you wake up again? Or is it just, do the people just kind of no, leave? I, I woke. I woke. I woke up... Uh, on a bed with no sheets because I was washing them, ah. and uh, and it was like, did someone save the show? And uh, no one was in the house. It was it was scary. Oh Jesus! <laughs> That's how you get a good night's nice rest, though. Uh, yeah, I really did. Woke up very sweaty. Mm. Also, plug uh, uh, thirty twenty ten this week. Assassin's Creed two ten years old. Ooh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, didn't it didn't remember that. Huh. Um, yeah, and th- that there were three Assassin's Creeds at, at that day. Jesus! Wow! Yeah. Wait, out that day? I think so. Or that week. Huh. The PSP one. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, did, did, did the DS one the, come out that same? The DS one. Assassin's Creed Maybe Discovery? in some territory. I don't know. I don't remember them launching simultaneously here. Mm. Is the PSP one the one starring the female assassin? No, that's the Vita one. The, the Vita. Oh, Liberation okay. with Aveline. Okay. Uh, no, the PSP one is Bloodlines with Altair on Cyprus. Oh. Of all places. Mm. Hopefully we can talk about that. Uh, Patreon.com slash laser Hell yeah. Because ah. I didn't remember all that information. That's right. The monthly <laughs> the monthly bonus show. 302010 Vigi Game mm-hmm. Edition. But yeah, Robert's... Sorry, I just never played AC4. Yeah. Robert's uh, spoilers is uh, to get into the lore of the game. He is not a human man. He is actually the recurring reincarnation of a first civilization person known as the sage and most of these sages tend to be very very bad people there's i think one or two more that factor into other games and uh he really 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 likes being a pirate remember my creed boy a short life and a merry one that is all the world owes us nothing more than this so take what you will and then die before you live to see yourself made a fool. Give it here. That's right, boy. Take it. I'll sweet you, maggot. I'll cut you down. Ugh. Yep, just tries to grab for the thing and falls over and probably faints. Look, that's that's a great philosophy mm-hmm. until you accidentally live a long life. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> then you're Bad just a hideous wreck. <laughs> Horrible health, like <laughs> shit. There wasn't supposed to be a tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's the opposite of you either die the hero or you live long enough to be a villain. It's like you either die a villain or live long enough to be a fool. Yeah. Mister T would not what approve. Happened? <laughs> treat your as long as you treat your mother right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jiminy Cricket sings. I'm no fool, no siree. I'm gonna die at the age of three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> you mix Pinocchio references around me. What the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in cricket years, three is like 35, though. So it's sure. fine. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. He's getting on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, great game. Maybe it's it's like best? neck and neck with Odyssey for my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Is they, they both really. deliver very similar thrills, and in Odyssey, you can actually dive underwater and fight sharks instead of just punching them a couple times while they try to eat you. Uh, <laughs> Black Flag is like the only one I have not played. Really? To be honest. Well, really? not finished. Oh my gosh. Like okay, well, as long as you've played it. I can't believe you dive underwater to fight I the sharks. I was on a ship for a couple minutes. You always throw spears at the sharks, man. That just kills them from above the water. It's beautiful. And then you don't have to dive after them. But I like diving after them because okay. I'm I'm way more powerful than they are, and it's cool. It's fair. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's move along. Number two. Snake. That place is saturated with microwaves. The longer you stay in there, the greater damage you'll take. Get through there as quickly as possible. Uh, spoiled it right at the beginning. Yeah, what is this? Uh, Escape from New York. Yes. <laughs> Snake? <laughs> no, no. Escape from Los Angeles, the mm-hmm. superior sequel. Gross. Uh, <laughs> run, baby, run. Metal Gear Solid Escape 4. Escape from L.A. Look at that song. It's hilarious. Uh, something, something of the Patriots. Metal Gear Solid 4. Guns, Guns of the, of the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. yeah. Where... This is the famous or infamous microwave scene. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the microwave hallway, which protects the AIGW from... Uh, from infiltration from boarding parties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good oh, thank you. Snake volunteers to go in through this extremely painful, possibly certain death corridor to to try and plant a virus in this AI so that they can defeat the forces of Liquid Ocelot or whatever. And it's this super dramatic thing where he's you know performing this valiant sacrifice and. All of his friends are fighting this battle around him. And this sequence actually does something fairly unique where it is the typical just hold up to slowly stagger while your health drains. And occasionally like these cattle prod looking things sticking out of the wall will zap you and and flake off parts of your octo camo suit to reveal like the robot muscles underneath it. And as you're staggering through this, just holding up on the stick, uh, like, there's a, a whole cutscene playing in the top half of the screen. Mm, mm-hmm. The bottom half is you crawling. The top half is you seeing all of your friends losing this battle around you. Snake! You see Mei Ling, who's commanding this ship, try to desperately to fire cannons at a giant Metal Gear Ray. You see Meryl and Johnny Sasaki in a firefight and getting gunned down. You see Raiden fighting off soldiers at the, the mouth of the microwave hallway. But he's slowly getting overwhelmed. And uh, yeah. so it's just like, you're, they're losing. Everything depends on you crawling through this. And then you glance at the bottom half of the screen and like, oh, my God, why does this suit go right up his ass? <laughs> like, <laughs> why why can I see between his cheeks? I mean, you're paying a $60 game. You yeah, know what I mean? That's you, true. It's quality. 
you, you owe it to yourself to see Snake's birth come out. <laughs> I mean, Old Snake still got it. You know what I mean? The guy yeah, showed yeah, that yeah, That's true. <laughs> Very well-toned ass, and you can see almost every detail of it. I wonder how many PlayStation 3 controllers this game broke from this scene of people just pressing oh, as man. hard as they can uh-huh. on that stick. Like, please! Uh, I mean, go faster! Don't die, Snake! About- well, the great thing about a Kojima game is, like, for all you know, he, maybe he does die if you yeah. don't yeah, yeah, fast know. enough. You don't know. Yeah, maybe you now switch to a different protagonist. Yeah. It could happen. You know, it's like if you play Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5, it's almost as if Kojima wanted to stop working on those games and just got a lot of joy out of torturing Snake in any way possible. Like, mm-hmm. this well, game this is-, is the worst, too, because it's like, oh, A, you get old Snake. And now he's dying the entire game. And now you get to crawl through this microwave hallway. If he had any chance of living Mm -hmm. for a long time, it's fucking gone. Because that dude. Well, it's probably a metaphor for the development process of this game. Probably. (laughs) I think it was Lee Alexander who said that that this game could be taken as a metaphor for Kojima's own approach to the, the games industry. That it's like. It's it's moved on in ways he doesn't entirely understand or appreciate. And he feels like an old soldier who's trying to adapt. And. Fighting off loot boxes and free to play all day long. <laughs> but yeah, this is a weird game. And it's it's weirder still to me that it has never been ported or remastered from the PS3. You can only play this game on PS3. I, I saw a news report that finally some modders got it up and running on a PC. Like, just last week. Oh, like, yeah. finally. But they kept saying that, like... The PS3 is the only thing that can handle this. But I remember at the time it was just because the Xbox hadn't published any two-disc games yet. Mm-hmm. It was so big. Yeah. Do you remember the the loading events for this? Like you oh you reach God. the end of a chapter and it's like, okay, now we're going to uh, delete the game installation and install and do a new game installation. Oh it's going to be like 20 minutes of you watching Snake, Snake smoke a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like the biggest cigarette. troll. If that was Death Stranding, those would be marble cigarettes, too. They would be mm-hmm. branded. And you yeah. Would, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, You'd see the brand very clearly as he like flicks it through the air and the camera zooms in <laughs> yes, on it. Slow motion. Yes, yes. So um, feel free to edit this out if this is a future entry, but can we also talk about there's a there is a crawling scene in Metal Gear oh, Solid? Oh yes, 5? we can because people <laughs> talked a lot about this crawling scene, and I feel like someone at Kojima Productions was like they really liked that crawling scene. You know what we should do? We should make it much longer and begin the fifth game with it. Come on, over here. Drugs not working. getting out of here move it so yeah yeah Yeah. there's an expression in game development um, called the fatui Mm -hmm. the first time user experience and usually with the first time user experience you want that to hook people right away and it's like yes i really love playing this game so they'll continue playing meanwhile kojima's like fuck that i challenge you to play the rest of this game well I'll, i'll say this that the hospital sequence is extremely tense especially the first time you play it oh yeah when the guards come in the room and you have to play dead or or you have to this is my favorite it's my favorite introduction of any video game ever Mm. of all time i love now now we're calling it the first you know the early game experience 
maybe it doesn't count if you include ground zeros. That's really the first two or three hours of that game. And then this, it can, you know, if you, uh, if yeah. you think of five as continuing where ground zeros left mm-hmm. off, so then this is the, at that point yeah. two or three hours in. But, so. but yeah, that like the, the scene, not only where you have to play dead and wet yourself for, to make it the effect more convincing, I guess, uh, but there is a bit where <laughs> you have to hide under hospital beds while the guards are going from like you know the the beds are covered or surrounded with curtains and they're yeah. going into each curtain partition right. and like searching each one in turn so you have to like time your your crawling so that they're yeah. it's when they're going from one to the other Th- and you think don't of get like caught. yeah people checking a bathroom stall and you're, you're yeah, going yeah, to yeah. the next stall and now I'm, I'm blanking it's like is it you that pees yourself or is it ishmael that pees himself no it's you it's yeah. you it's i think it's you that it's not ishmael it wouldn't be ishmael wouldn't it be? I'm sad you can't shit yourself. Mm. No, but you can have a, sh- a horse shit on your face yeah. or someone else's. You, you got to play scum if you want to <laughs> shit yourself. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But yeah, the hospital scene is brutal. And then it's yeah. like, then they throw a boss battle at you, but really you can't do anything. So you're just running away from the flaming man at mm-hmm. the end of that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Putting other other troops between you and him. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Man, Metal Gear Solid Five is really good. It really, really is. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, if if I'm if I sound like I'm down on that crawly scene, it's only because I think I've played through it like five or six times now. It is tense. And no, it, it, it works. It, it is. It, it's extremely tense the first or even second time, and then every time after that, it's just like this is going to be like ninety minutes. Oh God! All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Yep. Because once you get past that. Well, I would. I don't want to say it opens up right away. It's still another. It definitely 50, does not. Fifteen yeah. <laughs> minutes of, of explanation or expository, you know, cutscenes. But mm-hmm. eventually, it becomes an open world game where you can do some really fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly uh, tranquilizing and Fulton and guards. You got to earn that shit, Michael. You can't just give it to people right away. They got to. I just love how the hospital scene is not really like any of the rest of the game at all. No, it really no. is. And it's and it's. Almost the most like traditional Metal Gear sneaking games with the camera angles and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. if you think about the rest of the game, once it becomes open world, yes, you're sneaking, but it's it's all you know the over the shoulder and stuff like that. Whereas mm-hmm. the early games, it was the fixed cameras as you're going through the different well, that's rooms. True. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a really good scene. But but also in four, the microwave scene is is a perfect example yeah. of of I, this top. I five. feel like that's the more dramatic in in a lot of ways and it's certainly shorter <laughs> i mean people people bring it up all that for those who yeah. played for uh-huh. that's the thing is there's like now a generation of people who literally don't know what we're talking about because they cannot play that game that's true <laughs> right unless you've got a ps3 can't be done but anyway uh i there is one that they definitely can play on many different platforms and probably have Who wants to get nuked? Is this, uh, do I have to put a parentheses in year after it now? Is this Call, Call of Duty Modern Warfare parentheses uh, 2000? Call of Duty 4 Modern, Modern, Modern Warfare. Warfare. Okay, yes. that's how you just... Oh don't need a parentheses. Yeah, this is the, the nuke scene where... Fuck, man. This, this, they really fuck with you. Like, in this game, it's like, yeah, we'll kill your hero. We don't care. Yeah. But but we'll make you think that you've escaped this several times. <laughs> What a just a great historical moment that was. It really was. 
Yeah. Well, it's, just, it's just so rare, even especially at the time, for a game to kill a yeah. protagonist canonically in the story. And and to make you think so long, like, they're not really going to do this, are they? Mm-hmm. Like, And then they just do. No, we, like, they give you... We prevent the nuke. That's how video games work. The nuke does not right, go yes. off ever. Yeah. Remind me, does he... You don't die from the explosion, right? It's it's radiation poisoning right. that well, wipes you, you out. No, you, well, you die from the explosion. You, you don't die from the explosion. The explosion happens, and yeah. there's like the EMP blast that kind of fucks with your choppers, flight systems, and it starts to go down, and you get like this great first person whirling yeah. descent where like you're you're trying to hang on, and like you're trying to hang on to someone else as they go flying <laughs> out of the the back of the the chopper, and you know it it crash lands and. Then you you wake up and uh, slowly stagger out of the chopper, and for a second you think you're okay as yeah. this these very dispassionate voices chatter in the background. Because what other games would do, or and even this series itself is guilty of it, is it's kind of like a modern day AEW wrestling match. You would sell that spot for about five seconds and then pop up like nothing else. Yeah, happens. it's like now you now your guns yeah, back good. up and you're moving you're at regular yeah. speed. <laughs> but but yeah, after you stagger around for a while and you just sort of like start crawling and you like look up at this mushroom cloud that's still lingering in the air and just collapse and go fade to white and then it has this. Moment where, like, it does the the Call of Duty loading screen where it's like you know it zeroes in on the various protagonists and it like zeroes in on you and it's like uh, PFC Paul Jackson KIA and like oh shit I'm dead yep all right didn't didn't make it out of that one after yeah. all yeah well even when you see the mushroom cloud your first thought is like is that is that too close that feels too close <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be able to look directly yeah. at that I thing. feel like if I can see that it's too close yeah, yeah it's too close I feel <laughs> like I read about this in a book somewhere. <laughs> We all know it only hurts if you touch it. <laughs> it's like lava. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, the uh and this moment, you know, it was significant in the canon of the game too because it molded the events in Modern Warfare 2 and 3. Uh specifically, spoilers again for Modern Warfare 2, Shepard, your your CO turns out to be a traitor who's trying to Manipulate events and work with terrorists to start a war. And why? Five years ago, I lost 30,000 men in the blink of an eye. And the world just fucking watched. Tomorrow, there will be no shortage of volunteers. No shortage of patriots. I know you understand. Uh, nope, uh, get, he gets tackled by Price instead. But then not only does it reference the events of the, the bomb going off, but this whole sequence mirrors it, mm. basically, whereas uh, Soap, you've just kind of like been in a vehicular crash and you're staggering around this helicopter crash site and like you're picking off the troops 
as they like try to crawl and stagger toward you while you're also staggering around with a knife and you see the the general run off into this dust cloud and you find him like leaning against a car and you try to stab him and no he fucking stabs you yeah. instead Fuck. and then you're like it's it's like this series of you pass out and wake up and pass out and wake up and like things are happening around you and like wake up and like try to reach for a gun that's there and Shepard kicks it away and stomps on your face and you black out again and wake up and you have to pull the knife out of yourself and all the screen goes red and you're hammering on the button and you're clearly in so much pain you pull it out and throw it in his face like fucking Jack Burton did a low pan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shepard, by the way, I, I could recognize that voice anywhere. That's Lance Henriksen, man. Yeah, that dude gargles with fucking razor blades, gravel, whiskey, <laughs> yeah, and cigarettes <laughs> every morning. That's his regimen. That's his, yeah, of course. Yeah, Andy's been old for fifty yes. years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> astonishing. <laughs> for real. Yeah, ever since you turned eighteen, it's been old. <laughs> Uh, whatever, whatever yeah, the opposite I do appreciate of the this game for making is. for making someone die slowly in war. Yeah. And the soap one hit me because it didn't soap. You got to play through a couple games as soap before before he, that death. Right? Yeah, he he was playable in yeah Modern Warfare one, two, and three. So yeah, that was a, that was a big bummer. But this this was not where soap dies. This is where soap claims victory ah, from okay. the jaws of defeat. I see. I mean, he gets stabbed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Really stabbed. Mm, really stabbed the fuck out. Stabby McStab of <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, this one, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the nuke, it's it's hard to forget that moment. That yeah. It's pretty yeah. It, it, In fact, it's very easy to forget that it's a staggery crawly moment just because your jaw's hanging open like, wait, did that just actually happen? Did Can I, it? <laughs> did I, did I do something wrong? Is this the bad ending? Can I go back and right. fix this? Uh, right. uh-huh. Did I not collect enough intel on the last mission? And they kind of call back to this... In another game, right, where you get shot in the face. Oh, um, there, there's. It's the beginning of one of the games. I was trying to remember if that was before this yeah. game or not. Where they fuck with you, yeah. The whole beginning, you're like being escorted by these yeah, guys. Oh yes, 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 like yes. And then the guy the turns streets. around with his handgun and just bah, pops you. In well, the face after then, they lead you to like this post in the middle of this square for yeah. execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're th- you're thinking like, okay, I'm going to escape. There's no way this can possibly be me dying. And it's like, yeah, we can do whatever mm-hmm. we want in this game. Yeah, you're, you're playing well, as like the post president. At that point, you jump to the shark, you know? Like, I feel like Call of Duty can't get away with the, the kill the protagonist move anymore. It became sort of, they, they did it in a few games. And then Battlefield does it, too. Yeah. You know, in sure. certain campaigns. It's, anytime you have multiple protagonists, it's like, well, one of these guys might die. Yeah, well, it, it, I think... <laughs> Jesus, the latest Battlefield did it every seven seconds. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> when you start to expect it in Battlefield, like, that's when it's like, okay, we've, we've worn this out. We need to yeah. ease right. off this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, always expect someone to die. Yes, the nuke scene. Mm-hmm. Infamous nuke scene. Anyway, that's our top five Ooh. crawling games uh, or crawling moments in games. We hope you've... Let's close out with some Lincoln Park. Oh, <laughs> I, I was going to suggest yeah. it. All right, fine. Uh, but yeah, we, we hope you uh, tolerated us crawling through this. And we're going to take a little break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some Death Stranding, probably some other stuff, some news. I don't know. So stay tuned. Let's 
get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, crazy. five, five, four sequels and three straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes, <laughs> I recall. But uh, I in his penis. <laughs> but I saw both movies, the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has, if you watched. You watched it more on DVD. You have a different fucking scene. So, what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like, I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his think crotch? So, yeah. So, in the right. unrated, unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it, oh. and- <laughs> missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean. Not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like... But you could do reverse cowgirl. Uh. <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is all but. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to our final segment where we will not slowly load our packs and trudge endlessly crawling toward me hitting the button that plays this sound. Holy shit, who's playing Death Stranding? Romancing me. Saga 3 Remastered, None Michael. of us are playing that. You did not play that. <laughs> I did not play that. You, uh, you don't even know what it is. I glanced in its direction with disdain and went, excuse me, I have some deliveries to make, Romancing Saga. Did someone order hot pizza? <laughs> <laughs> don't do anything stupid like storing it sideways or you'll ruin it. Okay, so now I just want to say I feel bad because we discussed this a little earlier. Mm -hmm. I made the intentional choice not to play this because I've had a lot of problems getting into the last few Kojima joints. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just assume, like, I'm not going to pay full price for something I may never enjoy. But but I'm genuinely curious to see what you guys have to say. I have plenty of shit to play right now. I just figured, like, I probably don't need to play this. But I've never been this intrigued by yeah. people talking about a, a well, game before. Here, here's the thing. I went in expecting not to like it very much. I, I was really nervous that like this is going to be long and boring and difficult to understand. And I absolutely love it. I loved it from the beginning, almost. Uh, it's still all three of those things you just listed at times. It is. It is. But, but it's yeah. still But it's so good. much more. <laughs> and yeah. And the thing is, like, you will see a lot, like, people calling it, like, 
Oh, it's it's like a hiking simulator. It's I think uh, Katie McCarthy at US Gamer said it's basically just all the times that I thought I was going to die while hiking, and I mean that as a compliment. Mm. Like that is true because especially in the early parts of the game, so much of it is based around like, okay, how much can I carry? How long do I have to walk to to make this delivery? Can I stay upright? Because yeah, like yeah. You, you will you will wobble constantly to try and center your gravity and have to shift right and left. You will fall down down a lot and your packages will spell out all over the place and get damaged. You will foolishly try to uh, ascend a very steep slope because you could do it that last time and uh, instead you get sl- you slip on some rocks and, and go for a tumble and hurt yourself. But uh, e- even at the beginning it's really fun because you get like ladders and those uh, those pontoons you can use to sink ropes into the into cliffs and uh, use those to climb around. But one, of here's- my, one of my favorite descriptions of this game, um, I, I like this. It's 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 a deconstructed fetch quest, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's pretty much like sure. Kojima's breaking down what a lot of games try to hide behind a lot of bullshit. Like most, mm-hmm. let's be honest, a lot of quests in games are, are, are <laughs> a lot of game of, of questing games are fetch quests. Whereas Kojima's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to embrace that, and then I'm right. going to lay out all the elements for you and show you why that can still be compelling. Yeah. In, yep. in, in many forms. Well, not only that, I'm going to meticulously design each aspect of gameplay so that it is extremely fun. I mean, and he did this in Metal Gear Solid Five with yeah. the crazy weird, like, Facebook social mm-hmm. system thing right. that was going on there. Like, sure. he, he has a history of taking what are throwaway mechanics and just investing a lot of time and thought into them. Yeah, I think, yeah. Michael, I was telling you, like, Kojima is in love with fiddly bits. Like, the <laughs> last couple games of his, like Metal Gear Solid Five, even 4... If, even if you think about the um, camouflage system from three, yes, there's yeah, so much fiddly example. bits, and that you can you can lose hours and hours in the menus of Kojima games and not realize you're having fun doing it. Like I, mm-hmm. I reorganize my packages all the time. I'm in that menu yep. constantly. In fact, one of my complaints of that game is I wish there were a few like shortcut buttons to get me to certain menus a little bit quicker, um, or even like there's so many cutscenes like. You know how you have to hit pause. Is there a way other than hitting pause and hitting skip of those cutscenes? You need to see an ad for Ride with Norman Reedus uh, pop up with a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. noise every time you take a shit. So that's the thing. Yeah. We'd be remiss if a we didn't show. mention the utter garishness of it's this game. So garish. yes. yes, it is. And that is the perfect word. I, I figured something out, though. I... I've been listening to a lot of Low Roar lately uh-huh. because it's the, some of the songs in this game are amazing. Another quibble I have with the game, I wish maybe the, eventually you get this, but in Metal Gear Solid Five, you could listen to the music on your Walkman. Yes, that that was part of what made that such a magical yeah, experience. You, you can only listen to songs in this in your private room, or I think I told you this, Michael. You can set <laughs> you, if you if you customize or upgrade in world elements, you can make them play songs every time you pass by yeah. them, which oh, is hilarious. Wow. I didn't know that. But um, Yeah, in other people's worlds as well. It's great. But the game starts with an intro of a song, and do you remember the name of that song? No. Don't be so serious. Oh, I right. feel like that is Kojima's subtle way, not so subtle way of being like, you guys, there's gonna be some bullshit Chill. in this game. Like, relax. Yeah. Don't don't take everything See, so seriously. I, I just like every time I like get an uh, email or I, a message is about to come in, it does that. Da, 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 da. Like th- that's the solo from Video Killed the Radio Star. Why is oh. that the ringtone? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Buggles. But, 
but yeah, the the uh, the monster energy, like it's always yeah. there in the private room, uh, and like your canteen turns water into monster energy. It's like <laughs> fucking Brondo from Idiocracy. <laughs> yeah, the monster energy is. Ugh, oh, that, I the, honestly feel like that's my least favorite part. That's of the, game. the most unrealistic part of that game. The fact that you are. They encourage you to down three monster energies in a row yeah. to, to holy shit your up to four. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and and like he always I mean, does you, that. You do like super... PUBG when you're dying, you would die. You would die yeah. in real life if you did that. He does that super yeah. exaggerated. Like he's just chugging the whole thing, and like he gets so into chugging it that he like, leans backward and kicks up a leg. And like, but but I've also noticed like if you start drinking like the drinks in succession, like he'll do that a couple times, and then he'll just start like shaking them up really hard and opening them right into the camera. Oh, really? And say, right in the face. And then he'll, like, drain the last little bit from There's the There's a camera. lot of, in that private room, a lot of fourth wall breaking moments. So, yeah. yeah. He, he'll, he'll, like, will... point at the toys and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. He winks. He'll... He winks at you. you he know... winks at you. If you zoom in on him, he'll stick out his tongue or flip yeah. you the bird. Yeah. And if you stare at his crotch, he'll uh, grab the camera and punch it. But, yeah, th- this game, there's a lot of those just... Weird Kojima moments, and I think you know you guys collected many memory chips yet on your journeys. Yeah, a yeah. few. Yeah. So, so I heard. I forget who was saying this, but it's the perfect way of saying what like memory chips. Kojima's development style at this point. They're they're just collectibles in the world, Chris. Dudes, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Chris, this is like a fever dream for Chris. Yeah. <laughs> having not played, well, it. They, I'm, I'm, I'm into in it, man. Game interviews. But but basically, the the memory chips. What what someone described this game as is or, or Kojima's development style at this point is he just like puts everything he thinks is cool in his games now. And they're just collections yeah. of things Kojima thinks is cool. And literally the memory chips are just that. Like a lot of them, he'll try to loosely tie them in the fiction. It'll be like a picture of a motorcycle. And it's like, oh uh, yeah, this motorcycle was produced and they stopped producing it in the 90s because I had the two-stroke engine. It's, and then it's like, the bridge uh, company has tried to adapt the, or base their, their transports on this model. It's like, no, Kojima just fucking thinks that motorcycle's super cool yeah, and put a yeah. picture of it in his game. Like, that's but, it. But yeah. he can do that, so why wouldn't he? <laughs> well, he's well, that, trying to share it with you. It's all about connections. He's yeah. making connections well, with you. And that, that's the thing I was telling you, Matt, that it's just like, yeah, it's it's easy in the early hours to think of this as just like a hiking simulator. But I think really what it is is it's a statement about the importance of community mm. and it makes this yep. statement by taking away community and making you feel isolated in this world and then when you turn on the the chiral network in in new areas then community just floods in and you see like all these projects that other players have built all these cool useful things that uh yeah, people have left lying around. You mean the the social strand system? Yes, the social he strand system for this. is great. It is <laughs> is such a fantastic fucking yeah. thing because like at the beginning of the game, you remember like you find a motorcycle and it's like oh it's it's not charged. We'll have to build a generator, but you don't have that technology yet, and it becomes like this incredibly precious resource that you rely on, and then like you know twenty or so hours in, you will find motorbikes that are just being left like they, they become like litter it's like players just like the leave them of San Francisco with those lying yeah. yeah it's like the players just leave them lying around everywhere and you can use them but by the time you start seeing that you will probably not need to because you'll have better vehicles I've, mm. I've gotten to the point uh, I guess slight gameplay spoilers uh, where I can build my own trucks and so mm. I just load yep. those up with all the cargo and yeah. 
uh, what was once like a Herculean distance is like just now this short little drive up a, a well-developed road that other yeah, players nicely have, paved road yeah, through the sky constructed. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you can go and uh, contribute materials to construction of things like roads, which will keep, uh, they they won't drain your battery while you're riding on them. They can keep you safe from like the mules, the bandits that run around. Well, and, I thought uh, they could until I was on. So it's it's the third third episode, right? Mm-hmm. Or third, yeah. Uh, so I was on the road, you know, at the point where it becomes an overpass and goes over kind of near the mule camp. Yes. The mule I thought territory. I was safe. And then, I mean, it's still fun because it's a total video gamey thing. One of the mules threw one of those electric spears uh, and went through the ground, oh, exploded underneath my truck, which disables it because it's mm-hmm. electric. And then I had to fight off a wave of 10 mules while I'm fighting them. One of them punched me off the overpass. Oh. So I lost all my shit. Oh. I did not die, though. I am a master oh. of the rope. Mm-hmm. thing when you fight it's basically cqc it's yes it's, he's bringing it back with the rope but i i finally but it was just like i couldn't help but laugh because i'm like this is so fucking stupid you're reminding me i have That's to go clear I those jerks out yes I, yes I think once you once you go and like tie up all the bandits in a camp like they they don't come back i think eventually they do because i i disabled a bunch of them earlier like mm-hmm. literally you know 10 hours prior and yeah. then eventually i think they do come back but it takes a very long time for them to come back but. i think you yeah you often have to clear every single one and sometimes there's like a straggler behind yeah yeah but this yeah. um one thing so chris you were saying like you didn't know if you should play it or not so the social strand stuff is the only reason i would say yeah, you actually might want to jump in at this point in time. Like get in early? Because I don't know how much of that stuff is going to be around like a year from now. Because And, and what right. we're talking about is it's – so, I mean, it, most people listening have probably played a Dark Souls game or Demon Souls. And similar systems in that, you know, Kojima didn't invent this thing of the asymmetric – I left a note in this environment and now someone finds that note and it might be a warning about an enemy or people. What I haven't seen a lot of yet is people could theoretically start fucking and trolling with each other, right? Like you, you could theoretically say, Oh, go here. There's resources and there's a BT zone or something like that. I guess I haven't seen a lot of it, but I mean like you can't really build anything that would be destructive to other players. Like everything you, you build is beneficial. Yeah. And, and on the map, it will tell you what, structure was built there as well right and what i what i learned too with the road thing is so so yeah when i was talking chris about like this is the time to play a big part of your progress in the game is tied to the number of likes you get for leaving signs or leaving these structures and all this stuff and even if you just contribute resources to a road because the roads take a lot of resources like a ton uh, you'll yep. get likes for contributing to that thing when someone else finishes yeah. it. And it's crazy that, like, I, I took a long time to finish this one mission. And while I did, like, I, I raided a bandit camp. And it's like, oh, they have all these resources. So I'm just going to pile up one of their trucks full of these resources yeah, and drive them over to I the nearest the yeah. road paving thing and just start feeding them all in. Yeah. And I got so many likes from that that by the time I actually finished the delivery I was on, I yeah. think I jumped up about, like, 40 levels. I did that, too. But then what fucking sucks is the trucks don't actually care that many resources like the, the bandit trucks don't. the bandit trucks yeah well that's because i'm having to steal my trucks still yeah because I, I got the the blueprints for the motorcycles mm-hmm. or the trikes you will eventually get better yeah but better it's vehicles. so yeah uh, what i i've heard a couple people say don't worry about spending too much time in episodes one and two because mm-hmm. three is really when it picks up yeah i Agreed. sort of call I, I call a little bit of bullshit on that because i did level up quite a bit in in episode one and two by doing so many delivery missions mm. and leveling up can make certain things easier like you can carry more cargo and stuff like that so it's like 
don't necessarily rush through. Like, if you're enjoying yourself making deliveries in episode one and two, by all means, keep doing it because you still will get progress. It's not, yeah. it's not like remember Dragon Age Inquisition yeah. where it's like, hey, you should leave the first map because there's a lot more to this game than this one area. But but so much of that up those upgrades are incremental, whereas the real upgrades are like the technical stuff that you get, right? Like, th- yeah, it really changes. True. I think when you get the legs that will help you carry stuff and uh, yeah. balance. but only if you're running. Like if you're walking, yeah. they don't do as much. It's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to be like. A I mean, full there's sprint. a lot of like little things that I really like about that. Like I love the idea that when your battery is running out in your legs, there's this moment of panic and you have to figure out where's the nearest charging station because right. I'm carrying way too much for normal human legs. We were talking like it almost feels like the AI knows when those moments happen because it always feels like just when you're about to run out of battery like a charging station appears on the horizon or something like it i, mean, I don't my, know my I guess don't... is it, i think it's just kind of the way that the pads way open up and i think is why i like that multiplayer element as well my guess is it's just there because other people have been through that you know yeah. they've been in the middle of nowhere and was like fuck i better build something here because i don't want this to happen again and then you share and you partake and you sort of fall naturally into you know, Kojima's ethos of making connections. Yeah. And that connection system is, um, so, so eventually as you power up, you get there, what do they call there? They're the special contracts where you can mm-hmm. set up a contract with people. And the thing to do there is look for people that have a lot of likes, not from the NPCs, but from other players. Cause those are the people who are building structures where yep. it, they're helpful because and they don't it's weird the game has a lot of tutorials and explains a lot of stuff but some of the key stuff it just sort of brushes over Mm -hmm. but like the people you set up contracts with you see more of their structures in your world so obviously if you're setting up contracts with people who are more helpful getting more likes those structures will appear in your game world and so they're going to be in more helpful places like oh there's a bridge to cut to you know cross this huge river or chasm or something like that but uh yeah so the social stuff is the only reason i'm like i don't know in the future, like let's say six months, you're waiting for this thing to go on sale or whatever. How much of that, how active that stuff will feel? Right. I'm assuming the structures will still be there, but a big part of leveling up is people liking your shit in real time as well. And so yeah. that's the stuff that will probably be gone. Well, but, e- but even in that sense, you might not want the structures to be there. Like I don't really know how they do the whole shared structure system, but it might be interesting to play earlier just because maybe you'll get lucky and feel like you're building it with other players as opposed to building it on your own could be it could be yeah Yeah. i think the game one of the things it does a really good job at is every time you first go to a zone you have to unlock the chiral chiral network um Mm -hmm. chiral network yeah and before the chiral network's unlocked it's it's just you in that zone raw like there's very little at your you know tools at your disposal it's a barren fucking wasteland and so it's like you get to kind of experience that world without all the other player stuff and then once you unlock the chiral network it's like oh now there's these structures because you probably want to get around a little easier right it's like climbing a radio tower in far cry but all of the things (laughs) on the map are shit other people put right yeah 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 Yeah, it expands upon you know the dark souls thing is pretty much just some signs and then you know there's more active cooperation in that you can be co-op and help people fight bosses whereas everything here is asynchronous even in the boss battles where people will pop up as little like other ghosts of Sam and throw you helpful items. And that's yep. kind of, no, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's when you, cool. when you fight a BT, if you have enough social contracts with people, like they will drop blood bags and the blood grenades for you. Oh, nice. But that's one thing. So I, the combat in this game isn't the greatest, like especially against the BTs, it's pretty much just try to get as many blood grenades as yeah, you can I and think throw it, them at them. It's kind of discouraging combat in general. Yeah. 
Well, but there's times against the BTs where you got to do it. Like it's well, the, I mean, the first time you actually face, like, I don't, I've, I don't know if you've been dragged away by a BT, have, but have, like yeah. that, the first moment is super cool and it's exceedingly rare. Like, I'm probably 30 hours into the game and it's happened to me once. It's happened to me two times total. One of them yeah. was was. You know where the, the craftsman sends you to his abandoned base and there's a shit ton of resources yes. in there, but it's like yeah. crawling with BTs. But it happened because I fucked up and made a mistake where I started, oh, I dropped some shit. And so it, the noise alerted them to my presence and then they started mm. attacking me. And I was like, God yeah, damn, I, I cleared out all of the the treasure there, essentially. It yeah. felt mm-hmm. so good. Just, just empty oh, that yeah, place. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's happened to me twice. The first time uh, I, I ran from the, the giant monster that showed up. And it's it's really cool Same. because like all these like old buildings that shouldn't be there start appearing. And yeah. you, you get to run across the rooftops. Uh, the second time I decided to stand and fight the thing. And that turned out to be a dumb idea. And it yeah. killed me. Yeah. But then I like respawned. It's like, oh, all the BTs are gone. It's not raining right now. So yeah. great. But I did read that if you... Like, there's a built-in system. Like, like, it doesn't... There's no, like, pacifist mode where, like, oh, we're trying to discourage combat to the point where you'll get a better ending if you don't kill any BTs. Mm. But if you do kill a lot of BTs, like, the game will respond by adding more and more aggressive BTs. Oh, that's good to Interesting. know. Interesting. I kind of wish that if I died... I could somehow like invade other people's worlds. Maybe I just like Dark Souls too <laughs> have much. You, have you I would love to be yet? a BT in someone else's like, world. I haven't but- been to the beach when when I've died. I've been like underwater, and you can't you can't invade yeah. other people's world, but you can find their bodies floating uh, in okay. in the the limbo afterlife, and you yeah. can you if you touch them, you will form a bond with them. I've only been there when it's part of it's a tutorial sequence, like the first time yeah, you same. go underwater. I haven't been underwater <laughs> since. Huh. I think I need to intentionally die a couple times just to see what it's like. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, yeah what, what this game, I think it's really good at is it, it's, like I said, it's it's like a deconstructed fetch quest where little stuff like just picking up cargo and delivering it, it just feels, you feel a really big sense of accomplishment. It, it's so weirdly satisfying. Yeah. There's an email or something, maybe like a file uh, in, you can find in the game where they're describing research into altruism. And it's basically just describing why you feel good helping other people out in this video game knowing that there's no actual reward for you <laughs> yeah. and despite knowing that it's just full fake bullshit and we're all playing a video game it still feels really good to get likes and feel like you're helping other people when they need it yeah, yeah. it does it's weird and uh and also there's like weird celebrity cameos in it like i said yeah. it's it's a, this game is a collection of shit that kojima thinks is cool yeah and he meets these celebrities and he's like you're pretty cool but conan in addition to, to jeff keely yeah conan o'brien's in it he will give you an otter hat yep. yeah uh and uh <laughs> he's jordan, way in it though like several hours in, oh yeah right? yeah yeah yep. jordan vote roberts is in it as the film director and his prepper shelter has like a portrait of like King Kong with just the words film director over right. its eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicholas Winden Refn is in it. Yes, yes, as Hartman. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like there, there are some that I'm like I'm trying to figure out. Like this is probably some Japanese celebrity that I would I would know if I if I paid more attention to the culture there. But like there, there is this one part where I discovered like this. Uh, collector of classic video games and and to find him like it's it's really difficult like he he lives in a ravine and you have to rappel down to a specific ledge uh, but you can see like this um who's the the artist who does the famitsu covers 
there's like this painting of a mascot by him, like mm. on one of the cliff walls, and it's like, it's like, okay, that's where I need to go. And like, I I put in like one of the the pythons to to drop a rope down there and climb down. And uh, I, I went down there. I turned on his chiral network. I did a few deliveries, and then I came back, and there was like a sign that someone had left thanking me for the python. Oh, Just nice. like with an with an icon of that, and like the the hands pressed together emoji. That's nice. awesome. Like, oh, that was really neat. Yeah. Uh, one of my other issues. So talking about uh, Kojima's celebrity obsession is now I tell you, Michael, I have a crush on 70s and 80s Lindsay Wagner. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, she is yeah. in that game so sure. much. Yeah. It's it's very clear Kojima has a cru- had a crush on her Plays back in the day the as well. The president and the president's daughter. Yeah. 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 And they don't really explain why she looks identical. And there's a lot of weird Doesn't matter. On there. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, re- yeah. regarding the story, though, like I went into Death Stranding thinking it was going to be weird and surreal, like a fucked up David Lynch style video game but i actually feel like a lot of that was overhyped and i'm finding myself kind of understanding the story like i know what bts are i know what the babies are i couldn't tell you what bt stands for but beach things oh beach things yeah Yeah. he he does a good job of having a reason for everything you see in there like if you if you watch that first e3 trailer there's nothing really from that trailer that i'm like that doesn't make any sense. Like, it all makes sense at this point. George, I was trying to remember, weren't you and I sitting next to each other at the Sony press conference when they played that first trailer? Yes. Yeah. We watched that shit together and yeah, we were man, like, that was Whoa. awesome. <laughs> I, I don't understand why BB is inside of him when he comes back to life. That is weird. Like, when, when, when you die and you come back to life, it does that thing where it pans down his throat and you see, like, BB like hanging out in his in his throat and in like BB gives you a thumbs up and just, just don't die out. noob and then you want to I think it's just uh, I think it's just like reflecting the connection that he and BB have I guess right? so yeah. yeah well one thing that did surprise me is the amount of uh, cinematics that are we had seen prior to the game coming out shot for shot like I thought they were just remixing them into this nonsensical trailer or stuff and it's like no you're watching full in-game cinematics yeah. in a lot of these things. Yeah. Did we say that BB is the bridge baby? Bridge the, babies. The, bridge the, baby. The, the baby yeah. that he carries around the fetus mm-hmm. in the little tank. Yeah, which I know what the game says they're supposed to do. I don't really feel like BB's doing much of that. For me. I guess it's supposed to help you detect the BTs. Yeah, I feel like I, I detect them if they want to be detected. <laughs> like the, yeah. the Odra deck, the little spinning pinwheel thing. That thing helps. Yeah. Well, it helps if you stand still, I think. And then uh, you, you use the, the, the thing, the searching feature, and then they, they do right, appear. Yeah. What I will say is I, I think that BB is a really great way of making you not feel entirely alone when you're True. wandering the world. Because yeah. the baby noises will come from the controller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the first time that happened was mind-blowing. And it's just super cool every time I have to, like, shake my controller to calm yeah. my BB That's down. a setting. You, you mm-hmm. can set it so that you have to gently rock the controller. Or I think you can do it with a button, too. But do the rocking. It's, it's yeah, worth do it. Do the rocking. <laughs> And if you rock too violently, it'll upset him. But it's um, didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did. I I wasn't Agreed. down on it, you know, going in. I just I always know, like, yeah, it seems like it's Kojima Unchained, and it seems like it's full of his bullshit, and it certainly is. But it's not intolerable. It's not just like, come on, get over yourself, mm-hmm. man. Well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a frivolous game, you know. And I think the criticisms that I've heard from people who dislike it feel like it's a waste of time it's boring they're uninterested in the story sure and like not to be the well you just didn't get it kind of thing but i don't know it feels like it feels like a game that's designed with a lot of intent uh yeah 
I, th- I feel like you could say that about any game at the end of the day. And, and I think one of the statements this game is making is exactly that. Like, you're not actually slaying monsters in fantasy RPGs. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all just systems. You're just playing yeah. systems. And this game is nothing if not just a series of systems that it's very... It's just more upfront about them. It's like, no, this is just right. a system you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but but in service of Kojima's, you know, argument, if you will, about making connections, and there's some very yeah. on the nose stuff about bringing America back together. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the nose is yes. That's we were on joking the, yeah, earlier. On the nose, we were joking earlier. Like the dude must know what subtext is and just must not have time for it anymore. Yeah. He's he's in his fifties, well, man. I mean, a- he uh, he reminds me of. Um, if you if you guys recently saw the movie Parasite, I loved it. By the yeah. way, yes, I so, just saw it. Uh, Bong Joon Ho is this Korean director, and all of his Spoilers. movies. He also did Snowpiercer. Like they're movies yes. that have really on the nose messaging, right? Like in Snowpiercer, the poor people are in the back of the train and the rich people are in the front. Like it's very very obvious, but it goes above and beyond that. And there's a lot of other subtle elements that are really rewarding. It just you know, there are elements that are super over the top and on the nose and, and Death Stranding is full of Kojima's versions of those. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it's good. like a good Simpsons episode, right? Like you can enjoy it on multiple levels and it might, there might be the more obvious references. And then there's some like deep, deep cuts that it's like, oh, wow, you really have to know your, your film to understand that or whatever. It, it feels like Death Stranding has a bit of that too. It's yeah. it's like, right. no, he, he wants, he really wants to make sure you get this message about connections. And there's a reason the character's name is Sam Porter Bridges and he, work, <laughs> he works for the Strand yes. Corporation. Well, it, it seems yeah. pretty obvious that like uh, even surnames in this world operate like you are, you get the surname that is related to your profession. Like the guy who runs the weather station is named Alex Weatherstone. <laughs> the, the guy at the wind farm is named Jake wind fine what is even even sam do? is uh his name is just sam porter at the start of the game and when he makes the contract with the bridges agency he becomes sam porter bridges so what does die hardman do does he just reboot the die hard series over i and guess over well he, he he also introduces <laughs> himself as a deathless freak so i'm guessing he it was maybe one of the earlier repatriates the people who can die and come back right but uh, i i wanted to say like what this feels like to me is like if Rockstar made a really weird game, because you you talk about the the deliberateness of it, and it, to me it feels like you can kind of get the sense the people who made this game are maybe a little bit full of themselves, maybe a little focused on like here's this really trendy cool thing that I like, I'm going to put it in the game, and you like they 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 also have a bit of a reputation that precedes them, and people might go in being like, yeah, I'm ready to hate this, and then you play it, and it's like fuck, this is really good. <laughs> yeah i yep. can't hate this it's yeah. too amazing i forgot yeah. to do this at the beginning i got a code for this game oh okay you need to be upfront about that i did not okay i bought I paid it full price yeah full price like a pleb <laughs> i'm making monetary connections <laughs> i did not buy the special edition for 80 dollars <laughs> does, does that mean but in terms of like the subtle <laughs> stuff actually. as well there's <laughs> there's even um I realized there's like little mechanical things that are like that as well. Like if you are carrying stuff in your arms and you need to cover your mouth, you'll just drop the item to then cover your mouth so that you don't breathe around BTs. And then you have to make that call of like, 
Uh, I mean, I guess that all that metal's gone now. I can't pick that up. Same thing with um, yeah. I was I was trying to get out of a, a pit, an area that was in kind of a pit, and I had built a ladder, and then I picked up my shit and realized like, no, if you try to grab it with a hand, it's gonna drop that thing you're picking up. So I had to I I went out of my way to walk an extra let's call it a quarter mile in the game just so that I wouldn't have to drop that one piece. Yes. You know, <laughs> and and weird little things that like combine in interesting ways, like when the game tells you how to throw something. And I didn't, yep. I like, I, I got tens of hours into the game before I realized this, that if you hit attack while you're holding something yeah. and then you let go of the button in mid swing, you will throw it. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. yeah I mean, Kojima games cool. have always been known for that, like little discoveries. Did you realize that the the little carriers that can carry your stuff you can get on and surf down hills? I mean, I've I haven't tried it yet. I only realized it because it was in like the the background for one of the levels that I hit as a porter. Oh, nice! <laughs> like you, there's a picture of Sam wearing sunglasses and he's surfing on one of those. But your Rockstar comparison is a fair comparison because those are people who make games where it's like people slowly over months discover stuff that you can do in that game that you never mm-hmm. would have thought to think you can even try. So I, I feel like this game's going to be the same way. No, it's yeah. I am I am surprised I like it as much as I do. I cannot wait to strand yeah. again. Like I, I was I was hoping like I maybe I'll like this. I did not expect to love it. Yeah. Like I I I really love it. Yeah. It, you got to play that's the thing though. You got to play it for yourself cuz I can't mm-hmm. even though we are we're giving this thing effusive praise. Mhm. I can't guarantee you're going to like it. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I'm thinking, I was playing it. It's like, I'm loving this, but I can already tell it's not for everybody. No, no. Like TL. I was talking to TL. I'm like, you're going to pick it up? He goes, it's not for me. I can just tell it's not for me. And I'm like, you really need to try it because you might surprise yourself. But. Yeah. If you can rent this and you're not, if you're on the fence, rent it and see if you like they, it. If they you don't, do, they have a promo with Redbox. Oh. So it's at a lot of Redbox locations. Well, so. there you go. Would you encourage people to watch it? Like watch a let's play? No, I, no, I feel like yeah. it'd be boring to. Like, there's like, there's funny moments. Yeah, you, you will, but you'll spoil yourself on them, and you will miss out. Like uh, uh, the the gameplay does not look appealing, but yeah. you once you play it, like I think it comes together so well. Micah was watching it at work on someone's screen today, and he's like, "This looks batshit." And yeah, I feel like if you just watch it, you will come away with the impression this is just a meme generator. Mm-hmm. Because you can't right. feel it. I think a lot yeah. of this, a lot of this game is the feeling. It, it does feel really good. Yeah, and making those delivery, you you feel the weight of those packages. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it just has. All right, I'll buy it. I'm All right. right, fine, good. <laughs> we convinced <laughs> you. We did it. I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, show over. <laughs> Mission this accomplished. Is, this has all been a meta narrative. Everybody, this pack part- it up. Bring it back to Sony. All right, let's go. I, this is part I, of. I kind of wish one of us hated it because I know there's yeah. people out there who feel very passionately that oh, this yeah. is I not mean, good. And and that the like part of my saying like uh, you know it's like a rock star game in that aspect that like there are people who want it to fail. Like when the the early reviews hit, like I saw a bunch of YouTubers saying like, "Oh, Death Stranding, another disaster! Oh my God, terrible reviews!" And like, that that I'm not getting disappointment from this. I'm getting glee. Like you guys wanted this to be bad because then you could justify the fact that like you were bewildered by its trailers and it's like, "Oh, it's because it sucked." <laughs> it's right. Right. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You you have to put up with a lot of bullshit. Oh yeah, especially like at first. Sure. Yeah, this game is is this but, some bullshit. But, but it's it's not 
uh, like, oh yeah, play it for eighty hours and then it's fun, like that yeah. kind of bullshit. It's more it's, like five it's, hours to some. It's, I, it's I, not I even that. I would I would say that there is no part of the game that is not fun. It's just that there's a lot of frustration with that fun, and the more you play, the more the frustration goes away. Yeah, I didn't. I, I feel like if you're being careful and taking things slow in the beginning, I didn't fall a lot. Like I see a lot of people like, oh, I can barely walk, and it's like, no, just take it a little bit just slower. Hold L two and R two, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but then but then that slows you down. You can't do the full sprint, but it's fine. It, like, yeah, I, I feel like you do have to put up with some bullshit, but that's a Kojima game. Mm-hmm. Like we were just yeah. talking earlier about before you could actually play Metal Gear Solid Five. There's at least like. Four hours. <laughs> like, well, and in a weird way, I find it calming to play, right? In a way yeah. that no mm-hmm. other Metal Gear game yeah, is it like. Really is. It's a walking simulator in the truest sense. I mean, even the BB sections like feel like cool little stealth sequences, but there's such a small portion of it. Like most of it is just enjoying the views. Mm-hmm. You mean you mean the memory flashbacks with Mads? No, when you're like when you're around BTs and you have to crash. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Like okay. those are still high tense situations, but they can be. Yeah, if anything. Man, I hate to say this because I do hate them so much, but there could almost be more of those. Like, they are fewer and far between more than I thought they would be yep. in the game. Like, it's it's they use the, the BTs sparingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually discrete areas. Basically, whenever they ask you to deliver something very far away, you're like, okay, well, all right, BTs. Yeah. 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 And and I I trudged through this for so long thinking like okay well clearly there's not going to be any fast travel because so much of the game is just walking for for long distances and that's that's the gameplay they do introduce fast travel after a while I have not used it once no because it's it's partly because you have to leave behind it's a all very your cargo. limiting form of fast travel yeah. where it, it's it's your way of I think primarily primarily it's there to revisit older regions yes you know it's it's like okay well, once you clear out the yeah. eastern region. And then you move on to, let's call it uh, Middle America. Mm-hmm. You can go back and say, well, if you had any incomplete deliveries there, or I think I got an email from the Keeley character like, hey, can you come back and do this delivery for me? Yeah, warping would yeah. help in that. In I, that I do like that it takes about 20 minutes to walk from Oklahoma to Texas. <laughs> yeah, the map, the, <laughs> the map, the map is very much to be desired. <laughs> it's, it's like the crew. Uh-huh. It's yeah. a very small well, no, no, the, the crew is bigger. <laughs> But it's well. I, I mean, the, you know, the fantasy is meant to be like most of the country has been nuked, and so there's not much to see. Mm-hmm. There's not much left. It's still just the rough yeah. shape of America. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing is this game is is starkly beautiful in a lot of moments. Like I I, I didn't think I was going to be as in love with the look of it as I am in parts. And I, I don't even mean the characters look great. The environments even I'm just like, oh wow, that's really pretty. Like what they do with the sky and and the rocks and everything. Like very just well thought out landscapes. You know. Mm-hmm. And the fact yeah. that those all do relate to traversal, like it, it does seem very crafted. Like, no, they they put this here intentionally because you're supposed to be trying to get around these things. You know, I mean, it still feels like a realistic world, right? Like all the rocks all over the place mm-hmm. and yeah. the craters from all of the void outs. It feels like a blasted landscape mm-hmm. that's just slowly grown back to life. I do apologize to the because I feel like if you're a listener and you haven't played this, we're using a lot of terminology that you really do once you. Once you start playing, this will all make sense to you. Maybe BTs maybe, right. are bonus times, right? <laughs> bonus times, yeah. BBs maybe maybe are, go re-listen uh, yeah. to this. <laughs> re-listen to this after you've yeah. played it. Bring, bring a hemetic grenade along to destroy the bonus times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which you make out of your own feces. Yes. Well, you that do. one's your blood. That one's yeah. your blood. The blood. Yeah. yeah. The feces grenades. Michael and I were trying to I figure out. I don't exactly think they what do they anything. They, they make them move. 
Oh. The, the, the yeah, the BTs get grossed out move. and they move out of your way. Oh, well, that's yeah. nice of them. Yeah. I, I love that, that even in death, other human shit <laughs> is just disgusting. <laughs> oh, what is this? What? what oh, fuck? God. Someone just threw shit on me. I thought Who I was shit this? the grenade? <laughs> it's code is cashmere. What's wrong with that guy? Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't gotten far enough to... If there is a big reveal about what exactly the BTs are and how they relate to humanity, and if I'm killing things that are actually tied back with with like this reality you're in, I don't I don't know far enough. But it's like I want this game does make me want to learn that stuff and find out. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's the one thing I will say about the story is I think the jur- for me the jury is going to be out on how solid it is, depending on how successfully they stick the landing. Because mm-hmm. if the ending is bad, like I, I could see that spoiling a lot of the experience for me. Yeah. Which now that you, you're talking about the ending and big revelations, I'm remembering that earlier today I really wanted to, like, I, I wish that there were more options to report YouTube videos other than like, I, I was like, I've watched this already, or I don't like the video. It's like, how about massive <laughs> spoiler in thumbnail? How about oh, gigantic yeah. spoiler in headline? Mm. Yeah, that sucks. Just yeah. flag that as pornography, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should. They're showing too much. Mm-hmm. That's they porn. Are. They are. I know it when I see it. And that's yeah. pornography. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh huh. Anyway, are I mean, we? That's the only have new we release. stranded death. That's the only new release we've really played. See, well, we, we mentioned Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's coming yeah. Friday. Uh, we'll be talking about that and next week. Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, yeah, uh, right. Star Wars woo! Jedi Fallen Order. That's we, the game I forgot was coming out this yeah. week. Yeah, both games, by the way, I've heard, according to Reddit communities, are ruining their prospective franchises. Of course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surprised. Star Wars. There's, there's been negative buzz about Jedi. I'm surprised. No, I'm just, I, yeah. I'm just assuming it's the Star Wars yeah. community. They're yeah, probably the worst. I, I did see some somebody talking about having played it and saying it, it's structured like Dark Souls, which is uh, that could be interesting. Ooh, now but, I'm interested. That's the only, yeah, the only way I'd be truly interested immediately. Yeah, I, I, had, I had heard it was like a Metroidvania. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm sure it'll be interesting no matter what. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it is time to move on to. Not only is it time to move on to the news, it's time to move on to my favorite segment of the news, a segment we like to call BGA Hollywood Hollywood Segment. segment. How about that uh, new Sonic, boys? Hollywood. Sonic is great. It's fine. They fixed it. (laughs) I did not think I would say this, but I love the redesign and I'm excited for this movie. I'm also excited they got Tyson Hess to do to lead the redesign. They did. That's the that's the uh, the, the little reported story. Like the the guy who has been instrumental in the comics and who made the amazing Sonic Mania intro is the guy who helped lead the redesign oh. of this new Sonic. And, and and like and even though I think one of the VFX guys had tweeted that like, yeah, we just went back to our old design. <laughs> oh god that's so well, disheartening again, I, I never you get tired of, of, so of Matt's, Matt's perspective of like yeah this is Hollywood thinking they know better they want to see the real spines and his teeth and his <laughs> oh, long god. legs we know this this should experience. be like if Sonic was a real person in a suit <laughs> yes. people want real show me more pores they don't want to see a Willy Wonka movie without seeing that his dad is a dentist and tortured him into this whole business <laughs> god 
No, no one wants to see that. That's a no. thought that you had, and you turned into a movie because you're a millionaire with no fu- with a, surrounded by yes men. Well, well, no. yeah, also, keeping... how why is it that so many Hollywood scriptwriters have giant dad issues? That that is like a big thing. It's like I just wanted my dad's approval. Like, why is that such a big deal for so many people it's in kind, Hollywood? It's kind of like a lot of rich guys have that issue. Yeah. It's kind of like one leading our country right now might have a similar issue. Yeah. <laughs> I also noticed they changed his shoes, which felt a little bit unnecessary, but I'm sure. And his gloves. Yeah. And gloves. his calves. Big time. <laughs> and, his, and, his, and his sweet abs. <laughs> he no longer looks like a 70s jogger who forgot his hot pants. I, I do think now that like, as a film uh, person... I will now seek out the old Sonic version. I right. really want to see it now. Yeah. Re- release the Sonic cut. That will happen. Saying that unironically. Yes. But I did I did read a story that was like, we've got a better Sonic, but at what cost? And he was saying, like, but but think like how often do we get to see a blockbuster movie release that no sane person would make? That's what we could have had. <laughs> We could have had a national joke forever. I know the money people don't love this. I share, George, your your enthusiasm for the redesign and that I think it looks great and it looks like Sonic. I don't think I share your optimism for the movie per se yet. For to me, I mean, it's, it's still going to be the same movie. It, it's sure, but like, they, they cut a much smarter trailer that focused more on Sonic doing Sonic things, but it's still going to be the it's, same movie. And it's a kid's movie, and yeah. it looks fine Jim Carrey the Jim Carrey stuff looks great actually I'm fine with kids movies I'm thrilled to see Frozen 2 in less than two weeks oh so, yeah it's gonna be amazing George, me too yeah no I can't wait to see that but for this one I'm just like yeah it looks fine you know I'm sure I'll see it eventually my hope is that there's a tonal shift between the hideous uncanny valley please don't look or touch me Sonic <laughs> and the I'm a fun I move fast gotta go fast Sonic yes. and I'm hoping the tone of the film matches the latter and not the former. I did see someone say not only did they do the redesign and maybe this is this is the Hess touch where there's a lot of very Sonic-y stuff he does in this that weren't in previous trailers like you know the animation the early Sonic games did when he's like at the t- at the edge of a ledge like they showed in the trailer yeah, he's wobbles. doing that exact po- that exact pose. They talk about like yeah when he's like falling it's falling back a certain way and it, he literally has the same pose in the trailer so it's like okay good People who know and love Sonic are at least in charge of the Sonic part of this movie. You still can't get away from the fact that it's a buddy picture yeah. with a CG character and a human being. But hey, that worked for Detective yeah. Pikachu, so who am I? Well, maybe, maybe they'll reshoot it so that James Marsden also uses his original <laughs> animations. He should, no, he's going to go back and be Cyclops. They're going to yeah. make him Cyclops in this Oh man, picture. sign me up for that movie. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, I was, I was delightfully surprised by Detective Pikachu, so maybe that's me why too. I'm on board. Me too. I was delightfully surprised by Detective Pikachu, and I thought they did the right thing by their design, and I'm glad to see Sonic match that. However, Detective Pikachu, a, a good movie, is still like the, what I'll call it the 100th worst movie of the year. <laughs> sure, that's fair. It, it is it is non-remarkable if you're not like really, really into Pokemon, so there's no hope for this Sonic movie being any good at all. <laughs> Dark because uh, that, that's what, what to, to Matt's point. I'm not sure how much the design is going to change the tone of the film. Very true. Like the, yeah. the, the, fil- the film we already know is sort of coming from a cynical place and it's probably not worth most fans' time. But John Ralphio voicing it, you know, that's I am I am I'm happy in. for Ben Schwartz. Like, it's like, oh, good, you're 
now he gets to at least act, you know, be this character and have people like the character and not just yes. hate it. Because he's a great voice actor. Like, he's yeah. amazing. And, in and I, I would imagine that the, the visual look of the character is something that would be off-putting for film goers for 90 minutes. And D- Detective mm-hmm. Pikachu, I mean, like, it's off-putting at two minutes. It. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> just it was off putting in the poster. Who are we kidding? Yeah, I was just. I, I mean, I, I can't get over because, like, I don't know. Do you remember that story I told you? I was on that date with that girl. I, I maybe I had to delete that episode. I was on that date with that girl. She's like, "Are you a whoa, whoa. geek?" I'm like, and, "I don't." And know. now we have to delete this episode. <laughs> I was going on a date with a girl, and she's like, "Are you a geek?" I'm like, "I don't know. What the fuck does that even mean? Like a geek? Like everyone watches Marvel and Star Wars movies and plays video games. What even makes a geek? Yeah, and geek she's, is such quiet a nineties concept." And there was a little bit of silence, and she said, "Do you have an opinion on the Sonic trailer?" I'm like, "Oof!" You're good. <laughs> oh you're wow! Good. She you're, had you paid from day how, one. How long should this date run? How, how much time you got? Yes. Wow. Surprisingly, oh, so many opinions on this this movie. I will I will only yeah. see when it falls into my lap for free or plays on the inside of my eyes. <laughs> to be eyelid. fair, to be fair I, your Tinder profile was full of your Sonic cosplay. Right. So. <laughs> it is. Wait till next year's Halloween. I have a very awful plan. <laughs> pregnant yeah. sonic it's gonna happen and but but sonic but sonic looks great and it looks like the character you expected to see yes and like in part of the reason why the mario Mo- brothers movie suck there's a billion reasons but mm-hmm. like it didn't look like the characters you wanted to see and like i love that there's that uh side-by-side comparison of his shocked moment and like Everything about this is better. The way his pupils move, the way his hands move, that yeah. he's holding a ring. Yep. Like, this is all more like the character I would care about to see in the movie. Yeah, excuse me if I'm not, like, writing home about the fact that the movie now appears to be making made by people who know who the fuck Sonic is. Because that's really, at the end of the <laughs> yeah. day, what this boils down to. What does letter you're writing home look like? <laughs> uh, well, one of these things that I may not necessarily be looking forward to the Sonic movie... But I'm certainly looking forward to the Witcher Netflix series. Mm. And so is Netflix, because it already got renewed for a season two before the first season even airs starting December 20th. So, They're very confident wow. in Henry Cavill. Netflix does this a lot. I don't know if it's like they take readings off the metrics and the buzz around these things. And, and yet they canceled Tuca and Birdie. <laughs> well, they do viewer yeah. testing, I'm sure, as well. Well, yeah. I think I think they only care that, uh, yeah, these shows are supposed to last three years. Who cares? Mm-hmm. If you're not Stranger Things, you get three years. That's all you get. Also, the amount of data they have, like, there's all kinds of weird alchemical magic they're performing over there, mm. you know? Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying, is that I feel like they're, they are, it's algorithms saying, like, yeah, this is probably going to be a hit. Also, so. they yep. make bizarre financial decisions. Did you know that the Green Eggs and Ham series is... Eight uh, million an episode. Is eight million? I'd heard six million an episode. It's fucking insane, dude. Yeah. It's, it, and it looks really good. Well, but it's like, Michael Douglas yeah, is Guy, Guy Am I, first off. Uh, Adam Devine as Sam I Am, second. And it's, like, the animation is lavish. It is really... Oh, Diane Keaton is in it? Well, for fucking eight million, it better be lavish. <laughs> but that was the—I mean, the only thing I, this is the bad podcast to say it on. But we were talking a long time ago about Animaniacs going to Hulu. I'm like, they should spend the money to make this a prestige thing that you can't see anywhere else. And Netflix did that with Green Eggs and Ham for some reason. Like, really poured yeah. a lot of money into making this look better than anything else you can see on TV. Yeah, and yeah. Well, it, it well, does. The, well, The Witcher is another series, though. It looks like they are. They're spending the money to make it look good. Uh, and, and, and and the fact that Netflix did that, I have this peg for being fucking awful. I agree. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to suck. I mean, they're really? not spending Witcher's that overrated. money on Wolf Don't Charms, at me. So. And, and, and if, but if Netflix, that means they've seen it and they don't think so. 
Well, or how much do you think that they are going to fill the void? I mean, th- put it this way, right? No more Game of Thrones, so there's an opportunity. Vikings is ending next year, so like the the uh, show of of blonde and or white haired bulky dudes with swords. Like, there's only so many options. Man, you could be watching the Dark Crystal prequel right now. <laughs> they, they got Superman though, and they they need so all the main leads are coming back for season two as well. Yeah. So they have they they have some confidence in this thing, and Spoilers. the trailers. Maybe well, that yeah. Now I know Hello, they don't all die. That's true, and the trailers look decent like i was surprised i'm like oh okay they get this like you know they they showed the creature some of the creatures they showed his powers while he's fighting i'm like okay it looks like and again it's based on the books not the games and i think that's maybe where i'm gonna have a disconnect because i have not read those books and and so i don't know how they differ but every time i hear about this series it just fills me with anxiety because i'm like oh that's right i need to go back and finish witcher 3 right i I know what i know how they differ 50 percent fewer fetch quests (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, as we've established, fest quests are totally fine. Yes, yeah. it's how you do them. I, I think it, it has potential. And I, I honestly, having like looked at what Netflix has done, they don't normally do this unless they are comfortable with how it came out. So right, I'm yeah. guessing it came out okay. I'm still more excited. Mandalorian season two has a green light, and the boys Dang. season two yeah. just got a uh, just wrapped production, and the boys might be my favorite show of this year. I gotta finish that. I watched the first couple episodes, and I really did not like the comic, but the show was great. That's yeah. ex- George is exactly how I thought. <laughs> what yeah, I the thought. show is I didn't much love the comic nihilistic. at all. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. the comic is just offensive. Uh, and the show, the show is, but the show I love because it's the grossest thing I've ever seen <laughs> on on any streaming service for some reason. So, so not to bring up Martin Scorsese and what he said yes. about comic movies, but <laughs> it's um, Scorsese. No, it's Scorsese. Um, I, I saw it's singles. Score Bunny. I saw singles. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, are we in a postmodern comic world? Because like things like The Boys and Watchmen on HBO, I feel like it's like now it's the initial wave of comic stuff is over and now it's like stuff that's derived from comic work works almost mm-hmm. like preacher just wrapped on was it amc mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I preach forget. preacher went along kind of the same notes as the comic series whereas something like watchman is completely wildly, oh did it okay yeah. but what watch watchman well, is another example it's not the watchman comic at all it's it's it's, it's true it's based in the fiction yeah and then, like, you guys it's, were saying you didn't like the boys' comic, but you do like the yeah. series. And so it's more well, just I mean, like it's inspired by, right? Mystery Men was postmodern superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, true. And Flaming Carrot was nowhere in that movie. Injustice. <laughs> He's never been in the comic either. Read your wikis. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. But, I mean, like, it, this would be a much longer podcast. The, the reasons why I think Scorsese is correct is the reason I'm critical of Hollywood making comic movies, even though I love comic books and I love the Marvel movies. Uh, it's that they are established properties that live in a medium where they're allowed to thrive, grow, and reach the end of their yes. stories. Whereas there's too much money in the line in television and film. They don't allow that at all. So you yeah. have to piggyback on an established thing a story that's yep. already been finished in another medium which is why it's 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 why i roll my eyes every time that you they adapt they want to adapt another book comic or video game because hollywood sucks they're only storytellers that's all they are but they care more about money and they won't allow stories to flourish and martin scorsese is sort of the last person alive who can get a movie made based on an original story yep mm-hmm. and, and that's and, and i think that's why He's worth listening to on some of these subject matters. I don't. I wish he felt. I wish he was seen more Marvel movies and was kinder. But he's probably right. That's why he decided to direct Joker. Well, also, in a weird way, he like produced it. 
comics from the perspective of the the number of publishers that writers and artists can work with or through including publishing independently is in a way better place than movies are where there's a handful of people that can consistently and reliably get you into box offices yeah Mm -hmm. and that there's 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 and i don't know it just it's just strange it's sort of like when you saw the first mission impossible and like this is a weird condensation of like three different seasons of mission impossible where they cherry-picked a bunch of things yeah Something that was allowed to thrive for 30 years, right. and you just cherry-pick all the best stuff and make this movie that now defines the series, it's, it is strange. Like, I, I wish I wish Hollywood did more of its own trailblazing, still. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever. If they hit the highlights from the Witcher series, I'll be very happy. You were, you were talking about strange, Chris. Few things are as strange as the Google Stadia launch lineup. Um, Fuck that. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's go what down the list and see how long it takes before we get to a game release this year, shall we? So we start off with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Okay, that's last year's game. Mm-hmm. And the one they used for the beta Still test. great. Very good game. Uh, Destiny 2, a two-and-a-half-year-old game now, I want to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Guilt, there you go. The First, one exclusive. The one exclusive. They have Guilt. Uh, just- By Tequila Works, the same people who did... Uh, the Sexy Brutale and the Groundhog Day sequel game. Uh, Just Dance 2020, which makes sense if you've been following the Just Dance. Like, you can play Just Dance on your phone with the unlimited sure. stuff. So, The Wii. Kine. Smoke that Kine, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11. Red Dead Redemption 2. Samurai Showdown. That was this year, wasn't it? So was MK11. Thumper, but earlier. I, I don't know. These Thumper? Are, Thumper? What the fuck? How is Thumper? <laughs> one of your, like, like 2015, t- isn't it? Like, come on. Well, I like, bought that port on Switch last year. It's I, not I, even I, like the... Like, there was a, a fun... Look, Sayonara Wild Hearts came out this year and is cool. What? Like, come on. I've seen, I've seen people point out that, like, Thumper, Samurai Showdown, Mortal Kombat seem designed to show off... Their showcases. To, to not just to showcase like the, the capabilities of the system, but the to latency? showcase latency. That's what I'm saying. It's mm. showcasing yeah. the tech because it's like we got a rhythm game, mm-hmm. we got a fighting game. Yeah. Uh, we and can then make this work streaming. The last three launch games, the three... It's the Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider relaunches. So... I think the 2013 game... That is maybe the most puzzling part of the launch. Rise of the Tomb Raider and then Shadow of the Tomb Raider are all going to be there. Now, there are more games coming before the end of the year, but those were just the launch games. So by December, you're also going to get get Attack on Titan 2, Final Battle, Borderlands 3, Darksiders Genesis, uh, that's the the action RPG Darksiders game, Uh, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. Are they all action RPGs? Uh, Well, no, the the top-down isometric view one. Uh, Farms, Farming Simulator 19, Final Fantasy 15, Football Manager 2020, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, uh, Grid, Metro Exodus, NBA 2K20, Rage 2, Trials Rising, and Wolfenstein Youngblood. So a lot of these games did come this year, but it's like these are all still older games. This is oh, and, not... And, and the, the regular average consumer can't yet play this at all. This is just for... You're right, yeah. for the pro people. The, the people who paid you extra money... And then the one game they get for quote unquote free is the Destiny Two collect the collection game, which is like oh, has good. everything on it. Yeah, this is ostensibly a platform that can play anything, no limitations, and it has less games than the PlayStation Mini. <laughs> yeah, that shit could run Mother Three. Like, and and, and and honestly, worse games than the PlayStation Mini. <laughs> it's just like you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, these are all great games, but they are. There, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say this is an amazing launch lineup. It's just kind of like, what are you, what no, are you guys no, doing? No, I, I think they, they, if, 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 if the only thing I can imagine, I imagine 
I do imagine their budget has been cut and Google has no faith in this product. Agreed. Um, and I and again, contrast that with you guys can attest, I was a huge proponent of this happening early on. Yes. But the launch has been nothing but disappointing. Go I back and listen to, to uh, The Passion of the X, where you argue passionately <laughs> for digital I, I, only I swear, streaming. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hugely behind. I don't give a fuck about owning my own games anymore. Streaming services are awesome. I'm willing to sacrifice... Yeah, if I need to go back and buy a game, I'll just go back and do that. Who gives I think a it shit? Was I'd rather have episode. access to hundreds of games all the time. Mm. And and uh, I, I wanted a better model, like a, a Game Pass-y thing that, that worked with this. And the fact that, like, dude, the model already exists and you're not addressing it. And But but I think the one group demo that they're, they're, they're going towards are lapsed gamers. That's who they're mm. going after. Could be. Interesting. Could be. I, I so I don't think they don't believe in this anymore. I think it's a bit more I think it's more hubris at play here where Google is a tech company and they're huge into the tech, but what I think they're bad at is entertainment. They don't understand that you need the sizzle for the steak. The steak with Stadia might be good, like the tech itself might work, but they're not understanding in entertainment it's about the big temple stuff the big stuff right and it's like yeah these are all bigger or they were big games but they're older and it's like no dude you need the big sexy new release you need that big exclusive if you're going to establish yourself because this is well, you know I, entertainment. I got it to, after moving out of california i met a bunch of people who just don't want to take the 300 dollars plunge in a new new console it's just one of those things they don't have the budget for i mean my other concern is that a lot of the games that they're not coming out with day one are games that they said would be out day one, which to me raises concerns about how yeah. they're dealing with publishers and whether or not they can reliably continue to get strong support for this as a platform from third-party publishers. Like, let's not forget, this is a big disruptor into how game companies make money. So Google has to be subsidizing these people. And right. we should just pause for a moment like, Red Dead Redemption 2, you got Rockstar to agree to this? Fuck, you must be paying them. But it's but see, that's the thing. Oodles, this oodles of money. What they've shown, this is not a big disruptor on how game companies make money. You have to buy the games, and they're just taking no, the I standard agree. rev share. Like, if they wanted to take the plunge, like, more like Game Pass would be a disruptor of how people make money. Because it's like, well, you're going to, you know, mm. y- people don't have to pay. Well, but I mean, if I'm going to make a digital it. sale, I'd rather do it on my own owned platform so I don't have to share any piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's... It's just weird. Like, I feel like this Stadia launch has been a series of sort of, I don't want to call them missteps per se. It's just maybe they're misreading the room. Uh, or at least with, with us, people like us. Chris is right, though. They, they might be the last gamers. I think this is a fucking disaster. This could have been great because the technology yeah. is amazing mm. And, mm. and will continue to be amazing. And it'll be locked into Google for like at least another three years when I don't think they'll be supporting this thing anymore. Uh, it feels to me like a. a uh, a telltale sign of a lack of expertise just on their staffing side. Like, it just doesn't, does not feel like people get it. Executive side, I yeah. would say. <laughs> because I'm sure there's a shitload of gamers sure, out there passionately sure. arguing to not do it like this, and or, they still are. Or, like, the marketing side as well, right? Like, I think yeah. they've bungled that. But it's more than just marketing. It's you got to make those deals. You, you got to cough up the money to be like, no, we got this new thing. And it's going to piss people off. Like, Epic was doing it. Like, we, we have this exclusive, and it pissed people off. But it's like, you kind of need that to attract, to get people, but you know, the buzz going about your product. Like, hey, this is the only spot to play this game. And, and guilt, uh, that ain't it, Chief. That, that ain't it, man. It's, it's, <laughs> really, it's really frustrating in, in terms I can only describe to hardcore gamers as the Sega CD. You have your finger on the future of this business, and you're going to botch this. 
you're going to fuck this up. And you're going to set it back three years. Well, it's a bit like, you know how Sony, whenever they would do tech showcases, they're like, we're going to show you Knack. Like, Knack is not out there selling <laughs> Knack PS4s, is a great man. tech demo. It was not a it, wonderful yeah. game. But it doesn't sell PS4s, and that's what the Stadia stuff feels like. It's fucking Knack all over again, dude. It's, Except that they don't even have that. They don't even have a fucking Knack. They have no Knack. They got guilt, baby. Guilt is different. It's, it's just an acquired thing that will, that will look on any platform. Coins, I mean, they've they've ensured that I'm going to buy guilt, so that's something. Oh, can, can, I, can I tell you a bit of news that I was looking into? It might feed into the Hollywood Minute. But right. I'm, I'm telling you, I have not been this obsessed with a show like Mandalorian in a long time. And I was looking into how they made it. Because it, like, it looks really good. I don't detect any green screen Oh, wait. Ever. I know this one. They used cameras. PS3 cell <laughs> processing. That's the only way you can make the Mandalorian. Ray tracing. <laughs> it, looks like I'm gonna blow, it looks like I'm going to blow your mind. Keep going. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep. We're done. It's the Unreal Engine. Oh, oh cool. I was hoping you were going to really? say animatronics. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, using, they're using Epic's engine to... Uh, they talked about it, it. There's a big article in the LA Times, I think, about, like... I do not want to see The Lion King, but they were, they were like... Well, we, did, we couldn't... We couldn't make the Lion King. They had to make a virtual world in a video game and then put VR goggles on and like bring cameras into this environment. So that's how they made that's how John Favreau made that. So that's they use that experience on the Mandalorian and when you see some of these desert sequences like it does look a lot like a video game in a good way, but uh it's it's brought about through Unreal, that's and that's wild. how they were able to do it so fast. That's yeah. So that yeah. to me, because that's the only advantage Unreal gets you is it's the it's a real time rendering. It's it's much faster. Right. Like when you make a CG trailer, like there are lots of programs out there that'll render stuff beautifully in 3D, but it takes fucking for like each frame it takes, takes eons. Forever. It takes for fucking ever, and and just but like there's a you know Mandalorian is supposed to be set on desolate worlds, and it works. It mm-hmm. like it like again, I have not heard of this technology being used for something this big ever in terms of film but this is video games literally eating another medium Mm. and if this works this is the future Mm -hmm. game engines in video games like uh i like stranger things i just didn't like the unity engine and (laughs) you'll be saying things like that but yeah i think this this is a thing no one's talking about yet because the mandalorian is i love it i thought it was fantastic Mm. and it uh it looks gorgeous and I had no idea it was rendered inside of the Unreal Engine. I do, I do not know of many movie productions that have worked like that. Hmm. So we were talking about Google Stadia and streaming a bit ago. And, and you know, we talk a lot about Game Pass on here. Uh, but Sony, Sony's chief, uh, Jim Ryan, was asked about Game Pass and whether he thought, you know, should Sony, you know, what are they doing here? What You know, why aren't they doing what Microsoft does, which is releasing first party titles day and date on their so on PlayStation now? Uh, and he gave kind of a long answer, and I think it reveals a little bit about like kind of how Sony thinks of this stuff. Um, and it doesn't seem like they want to be competing with Game Pass anytime soon. So here's what he said. Um, There's going to be new entrants in the industry. I think he's referring to Stadia mostly here. With deep pockets and strengths in areas where distribution of content creation might move. But those new entrants don't yet have the strengths that we have, which have taken us many years to painstakingly accumulate. They may not be readily understood in business terms, but they're much valued, much trusted, and much loved by those who play PlayStation games. I think what he means by the strengths there, I think he's referring to the brands they built up. I think Mm. he's, you know, it's... You you know what this speech reminds me of more than anything else? Mm. 
now that now that I'm hearing you read it aloud, is like I remember reading in Marvel Comics back in the '90s. There there was like a bullpen bulletin editorial or something complaining about uh, I think Wildstorm comics specifically, and just saying like, yeah, you've got all these upstart indie labels who just roll out these characters that are all identical and they cross over for no reason but we have this universe that we've built up over decades and we our characters really mean something right and yeah well as a brand manager i yeah building a brand it's expensive as fuck mm-hmm. and it is as time consuming and he's right like that is that can be a strength. And, and what he's saying is like, yeah, we have all this stuff. He, he means the, the brand, the studios. They've invested a ton of money in a lot of their in-house studios. You know, they've invested a lot of time in their brands. And so he's like, kind of what he's saying is like, no, nah, we don't need to do what Microsoft's doing. We don't need to necessarily release this. He, he goes on to say, our stance on the inclusion of first party games in PlayStation now in terms of what we've done this month is very different to our stance 12 months ago. So he's saying they, they have changed. Uh, but here's where it gets interesting. We just want to treat them with amazing care and respect and have those launches be clean and pure. <laughs> That's weird, weird that, choice of words. That there. is weird Clean phrasing. and pure. I, yeah. I, <laughs> the, the one true platform. <laughs> I, I think they got lucky because no one's talking to Nintendo about this because they're not about to give you your games for a fucking monthly oh, rate no. at all. No. And, and, and like Sony got lucky because they ha- – well, no, I don't want to say lucky. It was good strategery on their part. Uncharted 4, Bloodborne, Spider-Man, God of War uh, are some of the greatest first-party exclusive that have existed across time. Yeah. Whereas I would not have purchased Halo 5 Guardians or Forza 7 or yeah. maybe Gears of War 5. Like I would have bought individually. But a Game Pass like, oh, I get all those? Cool. You know, he, he goes on to say he treats their new releases as massive entertainment events, and I think that's... It is felt weird when Microsoft releases those things day and date on Game Pass. They don't feel as big. Like, they don't feel yeah. like the events that we're used like, to. Like, I, I love that they do that, and yeah. I, I recognize it as, like, this is a big game. Like, Outer Worlds is a huge game that's getting released. Mm-hmm. Uh, if If you're already paying for the service, basically for free, and that's incredible. But I can also see the... The standpoint of like, you know, that that cheapens them in like, you yes. know, that that makes it less special if you're just like, oh, yeah, I've already taken it for granted that I'm going to get this and it's just going to be lumped in with a ton of other games that I already pay to access and mm-hmm. maybe I'll get I, I to it eventually. Crackdown 3 as an example, just because that was a game that was I was looking forward to for like seven years mm-hmm. came out. I'd have been pissed if I paid full price for it or bought a special edition, but I got it free and I defended it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, and and I would I would have been my, not mildly disappointed. Forzas are all fine, but they're all the same. And I would have been pissed if I paid full price for it, but I didn't. I just got it the day the first day, and it felt really good. I, I even felt that way about Outer Worlds. Like I love Outer Worlds. I'm still playing it. It. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's a sixty dollar game to me. And maybe maybe Whoa. it's the Game Pass thing that is clouding mm-hmm. my perception. Yeah, it makes you think it's that like, oh, this is like that. a shorter indie experience it, or something. It feels. I've talked about. It, it feels like a streamlined Fallout. And part of what I mean by that is it does feel like a little bit of a shorter experience than a big Fallout game. You know. And but the thing is, because it's included in Game Pass, I don't feel. I would feel bad if I spent sixty dollars and I was like, yeah, wait, I don't feel Fallout changed. Yeah, Fallout Four gives me two hundred hours. This thing's only. Uh, 40 hours it's still fucking 40 hours of entertainment but yeah it's it's it, it kind of moves the goalpost so i i get what he's saying 
I do feel like the industry is moving toward more of these Game Pass type models. So I don't know how long Sony can hold a line. I'm glad they're holding that line as an entertainment marketer who like wants to sell these games and make them entertainment <laughs> events. But I don't know how long they can keep doing it. I, I think I think the first party stuff they put out could, if they did that in the next generation, they could hold that line too. Whereas Microsoft couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like Halo's a brand name, but like no one right. had their skirt blown up by Guardians. Like it was just more of the same. Yep. Yeah. It's and, true. and and it was it's it's a good thing to attach to Game Pass. It's like not a great thing to move your console or move software. Mm-hmm. And and God of War was completely different. Spider Man was something we never thought we'd see. Bloodborne is my favorite game of the fucking generation. Hell yeah. Uh, so I, I, Microsoft has none of those. Like equivalent to none of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, as their first party game, so I, I can understand why he, what he's saying. Game Pass made more sense for them to right. lump those into the same, same fee. But yep. uh, but Sony's got, Sony's going to have to adjust. They're going to have to respond to this, especially as as I don't know. Like we talked about that news last week about the the consoles now are are a monthly plan. Oh boy, hmm. yeah. Uh, last bit of news here. We, as if we didn't spend enough time talking about Death Stranding, um, and I might be opening a can of worms here. Uh, so Hideo Kojima uh, did an interview with Italian publication TGCom24. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, TGCom24. There we go. Mm-hmm. Get the sure. bit of racism in there. Sounds good. Uh, I must say the game I'll received... I'll sign off and it's okay. You do it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Chris um, is the mayor of Italians. So here's his quote. Uh, and then I, I do want to say Sony issued a correction because they think people are mistranslating. So, I mean, you have a guy who's a native Japanese speaker doing an interview with an Italian magazine that gets translated into English. Things might get misinterpreted. But what he basically said was, the game received rave reviews, especially in Europe and Japan. Here in the United States, however, we have had stronger criticisms. Perhaps it's a difficult game to understand for a certain type of critic and audience. Americans are great fans of first-person shooters, and Death Stranding isn't one. It flies higher. Uh, he, he goes on, yeah, he goes on to say, I always try to create new things and disputes and discussions are fine, but it must be said that the Italians or the French have a different artistic sensibility that allows them to appreciate this kind of very original product, not only in video games, but also in cinema. Oh, snap. snap. I mean, shit. look, he's not wrong. <laughs> so, so, well, okay. Yeah. So Sony's correction then, it's weird it like. It only walks back part of that statement. And he says, no, no, what he actually said was, in America, there are a lot of FPS fans. Is Maybe those fans are saying well, this is like a different game and they're not rating it very high. This is reminding me that there is a strange stereotype among Japanese developers that American gamers only like first-person shooters. And right. I, it's I, just shooters. I remember seeing a lot of that like uh, when I went... The one time I went to Tokyo Game Show was in, like, 2007. And, like, Konami especially was rolling out, like, uh, Coded Arms sequel on PSP. Coded Arms for PS3 that's never going to happen. We're going to incorporate... Uh, first-person shooter elements into Metal Gear, and it's all to chase this idea of an American who is only interested in FPS. Look, and if you look at sales charts, or fupses, (laughs) certainly shooters are the highest-selling category in the States. Yes. But I think what those Japanese developers fail to recognize is America as a market, United States is massive. Yes, very diverse. Literally hundreds of millions of people here. And until China catches up, and it's getting there as the number one gaming market, Mm -hmm. the American market is big enough so that 
even a niche audience which does like these things that they like in Japan is probably bigger than the entire Japanese addressable audience because we're just so fucking big and we spend so much money on this shit mm -hmm. and it's like they but they have this incorrect perception it's like oh Americans only like this thing it's like no there's a lot of us and we like a lot of different things and actually if you put it out here and what they've started to see with things like near automata is like oh shit we can find huge audiences in America and make a ton of money. Especially on PC. Mm-hmm. Which was always viewed as their weird piracy machine, and they were, yeah. like, afraid of it. Piracy and porn. That's all that is in Japan. Well, but importantly, though, he, he is saying it's Italy and Italian fans and French fans that are more amicable towards the game. But, okay, so my answer to that is, like, yes, you, you see, like, avant-garde cinema in, in France and Italy. I get it. But we're also the country that brought you Ch Twin Peaks, which fucking so many people have been stealing from for generations at this point. Yeah. Like, it's like we years can do ago, weird I shit. I mean, it's kind of baffling at this the, point. the country ever got behind Twin Peaks. It's still like it's still a very odd thing to me. But it's it's yeah. it's still like we can do weird shit too. Like you can't act yeah. like as <laughs> but, a whole hey, the audience. France, but also, we can do weird shit too. <laughs> Let's not pretend that if you go into a cinema in France, you won't see a bunch of American movies instead of a Jean-Luc Godard true. revival. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But I don't speak French. For all I know, they redub and Iron Man is saying bonkers shit. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man's just talking about all the women he slept with. Exactly. <laughs> Sacre blue. <laughs> I knew this moment would come. When I was in the desert, I built a heart for myself, and I peed, and it made a mushroom. <laughs> yeah. I you don't, don't remember know. RDJ saying that? I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's one of those statements that, like, it comes off as arrogant, and it's Hideo Kojima. Of course it does. It's fucking uh, fine. A little bit. I think I think uh, you said this to me. You're like, this sound, This is comes off bad and elitist, and I'm like, just flippantly responded, like, it's Kojima. Everything yeah. he says is bad or elitist. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, the way he dresses looks elitist. Come but on. he's also a man that he does... I, I think he does give adequate praise to, like, pop, pop culture stuff. Like, I think he's in love with avant-garde stuff, and then I think he's also in love with, like, fucking bubblegum french fries like all that stuff sure. like he loves everything. i love bubblegum french fries they're <laughs> oh, great god can't Delicious. get enough <laughs> <laughs> no no but he but come on he's not wrong the like uh european cultures due to whatever neo-realistic movement they've gone through or through every medium we're a young country even artistically and like uh we we don't embrace weird the same way that other territories do well, well there's also i mean to be fair there's also heavy publish sorry heavy funding of the arts by the state in an effort right. to yes, define what true. makes French cinema and what makes Italian yes. cinema, which is something yes. we do not have, unfortunately. We, right. God damn, George, that's a good, great point. <laughs> I've worked with enough Europeans enough to know, and I see the market sales reports enough to know. It's like, yes, they might have a re reputation for kind of being more refined or whatever, but they like the same shit as us. No, 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 no. Just... they do in terms of viewers. I'm saying in terms of like the, the films that we see as French and the films that we see as Italian, The what he's citing here as the artistic sensibilities, those sensibilities were constructed in a way that they were not constructed in the U.S. So he's right in to some degree, maybe not in terms of... Right what everyone is consuming but he is right that there is certain uh a, a market that is is more uh open-minded to experiences that are maybe a little bit less uh, like everything you saw on nickelodeon in the early 80s like from spartacus to animal olympics yes. were paid for by the government uh and are weird as shit but like allowed to operate in a weird space because like we want that in our society whereas we, like america's scared of weird terrified yeah. of weird 
Is it still make money here? Is it still because I feel like go turn on the Cartoon Network right now. There's a lot of we- look, go watch Gumball is look, the Gumball. best show yeah, ever. Go watch Life of Gumball. It really is. It really Gumball is. and Teen Titans, which are in constant rotation mm. for some reason. One uh-huh. of the other of those is on every single time I turn on the television. Teen Titans. I swear, someone told me Cartoon Network is where they play Steven Universe, and I've never seen it. I've never fucking seen it in my life. I guess the point I'm trying to make is weird is. It's never been more mainstream in the States, and it's growing. And so it's like... Yeah, I'll give you that. So yeah, maybe the statement rubbed me the wrong way, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, I, I don't think it's as bad as maybe some sites were interpreting that statement. It's like, I, I think he means well, because I do think he's in love with American but he's, culture, but too. But Matt, he's only right in that, like, we have, as Americans, we eat a lot more bad shit, entertainment-wise, than almost every other country also does. Also food-wise. <laughs> but seriously yeah bubblegum we, we fries we love it <laughs> terrible but they're yeah. sold out at Popeyes I can't believe it <laughs> but but but, mo- but most governments have a, have a stake in like making their entertainment and allow for weirder and more non-traditional things whereas like Japan and America share only that that like they are defined by traditions and and, and it just it, it only happened like tw- like 10 years ago where our traditions like diverged I also think Kojima's not quite... He What he isn't saying here also that I think is important is maybe American fans who are angry are just louder and more vocal. Mm-hmm. Could be. Sorry sorry yeah. about that, Kojima. Sorry, it was a mistranslation. <laughs> what he actually said is, y'all's dumb shits. Yeah, fuck you guys. <laughs> even even that, I by can't. the way, I would defend because <laughs> America sucks. <laughs> I heartily disagree. We're going to patch out all references to America in Death Stranding, which is going to be really difficult. Yeah, I mean, this this is a man who just made a game about rebuilding and being in love with America. So Mm -hmm. it's like, he he doesn't hate America, but Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It it, it was a very Kojima quote. I'll say that. Cool. (laughs) All right, well, let's move on. That's all the news that's fit to play. Let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting. Our community, uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's your favorite weirdo game? And why, Ooh, uh, George, one. you weren't here last week. Do you have a ready answer to that? Uh, man, I like a lot of weird games. How weird are we talking? Like, uh, it can be as weird as you want. Um, that's I would too s- weird, whatever you're about to say. <laughs> well, I won't go too weird. I was going to say Nobi Nobi Boy, but that's, that's not pretty that weird. Hey! Well, most of us said Katamari. So I that, would that. say like Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Did you guys play that on the Wii? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the weird. Sam Barlow game. Like that's a weird game. It's totally different from outside of the Silent Hill franchise. You can't fight back. You got to run. It asks you weird personal questions that come back at you. It's great. Hmm. Yeah, actually, this is this topic is reminding me of like an article that I read a while ago about a really bizarre sounding Amiga game where like you live in a giant skeleton and you your entire society revolves around this and like I I can't find any other mention of it. That's I cool. Forget what it was called. But uh well obviously we don't have any uh responses on vidgamepocalypse.com because our site is still experiencing technical difficulties. Thanks oh, for no. your patience as we work through these. Uh on Twitter, Triskitable says Alpha Protocol a stealth action political thriller RPG that focuses a hell of a lot more on the political thriller aspect than stealth action or RPG, to the point that much of the roleplay comes from how you build friend or foe relationships with the cast. You don't have to be on the good side of everyone, and making enemies out of potential friends and friends out of potential enemies can make for a remarkably unique story outcome. It's an RPG where your choices do matter, and the game can end in tons of ways because of that. 
It's true. Like I like the the game really struck me early on because like there's a like this uh, sheikh who leads a terror network. It's like this seems like a clear analog to Osama bin Laden. And when you confront him and finally like get him at gunpoint, like you can make friends with him because he reveals it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm basically just a pawn for the CIA or some other government agency, and it's like, all right, well maybe maybe I can turn you to my advantage. It's that's like so that's weird. weird. <laughs> at I am not a twit says uh, Yakuza Zero is supposed to be a third party. I think he meant third person adventure game that is supposed to be more uh, <laughs> be a story on rails fixed to a single form of gameplay. But there are so many different absurd things that it makes many similar AAA games hang their heads in shame every year. Oh, uh, yeah, the Yakuza games are full of weird. Yeah, the Yakuza games are let you do things like uh, build up a woman's confidence so that she can work as a dominatrix. Or yes. uh, <laughs> Sweet. make friends with a pervert who runs around in his underpants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> It makes or, sense or get at the into time, a fight with a bunch of adult babies who are hanging out in a, in uh-huh. a fake nursery. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> I got to play Yakuza. You really do. It's, well, especially Zero. Zero's yeah, Zero's great. amazing. I it's love it. It's a place to start. That, like, they invented a better starting point for the series than the first oh, game. Dave Shelvin said, 88 says, D2 for sure. You can huh. uh, try to pin it into Survival Horner, but come on. It's way too wacky and wild and explores way too many themes to be just that. I love it, though. Uh, Dave, it's D23. Get it straight. Okay. No, no D2 is <laughs> fucking crazy. I, ha- I still have that shit on the Saturn. Nice. <laughs> nice. Damn. He did. He also he posted a picture of his extensive D2 collection. This guy is a D2 super fan. Nice. Um, at the Flying Foot says, Mirror's Edge, an FPS game that discourages shooting, a platformer that at first can make you sick, and a fighting game in first person. Yeah, yeah. Mirror's Edge was unique. I, it made me sick the whole time, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never had that problem. Yeah. Uh, NTRSKT says, I live for oddball video games, Katamari series, Deadly Premonition, Near, Gravity Rush. Mm. My favorite has to be the original Chibi-Robo, though. Is it an open-world game? Is it a simple chore simulator? If so, why is there combat? There's really nothing like Chibi-Robo. Yes, that's true. It was I considered it for our list. It was a really weird game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the official Laser Time Facebook community, Patrick Imbo says... I love it, but explaining Donut County to most people makes you sound insane. <laughs> See, there's this raccoon on a toilet, and you open a hole in the ground, and it sucks people up, but there's also this crocodile man and a woman, you know, uh, donuts. Uh, me. It's a reverse Katamari. Instead of rolling up, you suck down. Uh, non-gamer, are you having a stroke? <laughs> I will say, like, that that period I was, I was going on a lot of dates. Like, people would come back and, like, oh, you have a lot of games. I'm like... And I just throw on Donut County and like try this, and like it makes sense within seconds. Anybody can pick it up; it just instantly works. Yep, it's it's crazy in that sense. People who haven't played games in years can instantly understand yep. Donut County, and it should be the weirdest thing in the world. I gifted the iOS version to my sister, and she absolutely loved it, but complained it was way too short. Which, it, to be it fair, it really is. It, it is, yeah. Stephen Bonadis says commander blood for das bizarre french game with fmvs of puppets used for aliens and a computer named honk you're helping this guy in cryostasis find the big bang and go all over the place meeting all kinds of bizarre life forms and killer robots 
All right, you convinced me the French are weirder than us. Yeah. I told you. See, totally <laughs> this game now. Uh, we have a couple of video responses. First comes from Mike Amari, who says, "Hey VJ crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was what was the strangest game you've ever played? Uh, I couldn't narrow it down to just one. There's two that I really must talk about. Uh, the first one being Incredible Crisis for PS One. Uh, that yes. game was like a crash course in why everyone says Japan is weird. Back when I first played it." Uh, it was one of those minigame collections for the PS1 that had you do track and field style, like, repetitive motions, but coupled it with the most bizarre activities on the face of the planet. Um, the whole gist of it was you were following this family, which was supposed to be a normal Japanese family, through what was the most bizarre day of their lives. Uh, each, you know, chapter would be following the perspective of one of the family, from the salaryman father to the preteen kids and all that stuff. It was bizarre as it all can be. Uh, everything from what they had you doing to the visuals on the screen down right to the music. The music was one of the things I remember most about it because it introduced me to the Tokyo Ska Orchestra, I believe is the name of the group. They did all of the music in the game and it's all ska as hell and it sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, uh, the second God. strange game I want to mention is Mad Maestro. It was one of the three huh. games that Eidos put out of their, I believe, Fresh Line. Had like a yellow boxed border on the PS2, Mr. Mosquito being one of them that Chris mentioned last week. Uh, Mad Maestro was just a game I loved dearly. Being a band geek in high school, uh, when Mad Maestro came out, I was in college, and it just brought me back to all the songs I played, you know, as a trumpet player in high school as you played as the maestro, which is the weirdest thing. Uh, what was bizarre about it, besides the visuals, as was par for the course of most music rhythm games, uh, was the fact that you weren't playing an instrument, you were playing the conductor. And to do that, yeah, you were timing button presses, but the real gimmick for it was you had to press it one of three sensitivities uh, to mimic how a conductor would tell you which level to play at. And that made it a little frustrating to play at first, but man, oh man, did I love how in the future it felt to showcase the PS2's pressure-sensitive buttons. It's also what has made it kind of hard to go to really anywhere else. Um, love that game, though. I still think about just the hours I spent watching these cute little cartoon people act out, things like Night on Bald Mountain and stuff like that. Just really great stuff, really bizarre. And, yeah, the type of stuff you don't see often enough anymore. Um, thank you guys for listening to me this week, and I look forward to talking with you again next week. Yay. Yeah, you should I'll go check out Mike Amari's channel. He puts a lot of work into those Upping videos. Upping the production values week over week, man. You yeah, got yeah. you got a background music <laughs> this week. Yeah, well that that's he was just running the intro from Incredible Crisis, which that that's the music, the the Tokyo Ska Orchestra. Mm -hmm. Um, finally, we have Red Rock 963 who says Hey VGA, it's Red Rock 963 with McKitties. Got one on the cat tree. Two Yay. in my lap. Typical Aww. gaming night for me. Um, anyway, my favorite weird video game is called Panic, and it's for the Sega CD. And it's this weird point-and-click adventure game with very Monty Python-esque humor about a computer virus messing up all the uh, machines on, a, on the planet. And you basically have to go through the game pressing buttons on various machines, and either a gag will play or a, an FMV where a man, national monument explodes, or just some... It's its hard to describe. You're going to have to YouTube it. It's, it's one of the weirdest games I've ever played, but the comedy is also golden because it's one of the funniest games I've ever played. Um, for example, you'll be 
in a room with a copier and you'll press a button and the copier will just throw up. Or a vacuum cleaner will attack you like a dog. Um, it, it's one of the most messed up... I mean, it's it's such a funny game and not a lot of people have played it. And, and you can even watch a long play of it on YouTube and pretty much get the same humor out of it. But sh check it out. It's called Panic and it's for the Sega CD. And trust me, it's a funny experience. Anyway, have a great time, guys. See ya. Thanks, Red Rock. Red Rock I'm not fucking around. That's the that's the only game that made me wish I owned a Sega CD. It's one of my most <laughs> sought-after games of all time. I love Panic. Wow. All right. New question of the week. Enough of all this positivity. What's a trend in games recently that just bugs the shit out of you? <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's the fact that... Uh, it might, it might have been Kelly Plague that point, pointed this out on Twitter, that it's like, we live in an era, we've moved away from an era where you could just instantly pop in a game and start it and start playing immediately. Uh, we Like, every everything requires a, a long installation now. Basically, all console mm -hmm. gaming is what PC gaming was 10 years ago. Yes. Uh, I, I don't feel like that's a good trend. I recently faced this, and I was telling you about it, Michael, so I, I only wanted to play Modern Warfare Campaign, so I rented it. I, yes. It took me a day and a half before I could start playing oh, the game God. because the amount of downloads, well, because it's an initial, you know, it, so I had the disc, mm -hmm. installs the disc, initial install. That, that just saves you the 73 gigabyte <laughs> initial install. It didn't, though. It had to re-download it because there was a new what? version of the oh, game out by that no. point. Oh, so God. all in, I was probably 250 gigabytes total out of my bandwidth usage. Oh, and I I literally complained on Twitter at Redbox. I said, this sucks. I paid for something I don't get to play. And I got a credit because they're like, yeah, that Good. does suck. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, dude. Why am I paying you for this thing that I cannot play? Like that this is this weird fucking reality and we don't talk about it enough, but it sucks. Let's stop yeah. this bullshit. Yeah. Well, you know that that is the the promise of something like Stadia with streaming where it's like it, yes. you could just instantly start the game. No bullshit, no downloads, no installation. That demo they showed of this YouTuber is playing this game and then you could be playing it within like 5 seconds. I loved that. And mm -hmm. if that can actually happen, great. But they sure are making it hard to look forward to. That. Yeah, it'll take a while. It'll take a while. Uh, yeah. So my my bullshit thing that I wish people would stop. We just did an entire podcast about it. It's the fucking stumbling, you know, uncontrollable parts of games. Like it was cute at first, and when certain games did it, but not every game needs yeah. to have that segment. Please, mm -hmm. we don't always need to move as slowly as Batman does when he holds a finger to his ear. And the Arkham games. You have to earn it. I think even <laughs> Batman, I want to say Arkham City, had a segment where he was stumbling around because he'd been, like, poisoned or some shit yeah. like that. Like, every every or game all now All the Joker scenes, yeah. Yeah, it's just like, stop. You don't need to do that shit. Or if you're going to do it, do it in a cinematic. You don't make... I don't need to do the work for you. Be cinematic. Tell a story. Fuck off. Yeah. Because I will sit there and I will just walk around in circles and not go to the point I need to just to prove a point. Mm -hmm. So fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm willing to throw my hat in this ring again, and I know you all disagree with me. Crafting. Fucking hate crafting. Hmm. It depends on how Ooh. it's implemented. Mm -hmm. I hate crafting, and so much that I've noticed all the games that still can, like promote crafting, like, you're sprinting at full speed, and if you hit a square button, you can pick up a weed, and it oh. automatically crafts. You know what? Like, Maybe I don't bother. pick up Death Stranding. <laughs> 
Uh, I do love picking up crystals. We didn't talk about the crystals because it does that cool slime thing. I hate that shit. I hate the idea that I'm picking up pieces, like fractions of ammo uh, all throughout the game. I cannot stand that shit. I think it's... I think it's a I think it's carrot on a stick horse shit to like make it look like you're doing more yeah. in a game than you are. I'm with and, you. There. Uh, I will concede and, that, yeah. Chris. It is it's a way to add fake depth to a game. You can just throw a crafting Bony. system on anything, and yeah. it's like it's a Bony cheap depth. it's cheap depth. I'll give that. I to like you. games like Outer Worlds that get around that by letting you just pick your one weapon and upgrading it as much as you want, and not right, bothering yeah. with crafting all that yeah. stuff. And there's there's games like uh, obviously Minecraft or like Monster Hunter where like crafting means something. Like you have yeah, to understand sure. your environment. But like you know, I've played plenty first person shooters that like craft arrows by picking up twigs and like wow, that guy did that very yeah. fast. Fletching Maybe twigs. get rid of it. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like this, I I cannot stand the idea that. People think I want to make my own ammo and weapons. Ever like I I don't know I've I've, I've occasionally <laughs> delighted in upgrading upgrading yeah. a weapon. But hold, like hold like, X to yeah, create never. machine tooled rounds. <laughs> You're like I don't even like making my own dinner. I just pay someone else <laughs> to make it for me. I don't even like dressing myself. <laughs> yeah, I hate on. that. <laughs> Who thought I this wish was I a came good with idea. a default outfit? I wish I w- I wish I dressed like Doom Guy every day. Yeah, and never had to reload my outfit uh, with the midriff <laughs> bearing armor. <laughs> it is strange like every game became an RPG and then every game had to copy an MMORPG mechanic of the crafting thing like we didn't need yep. every yeah. every game's trying to become Minecraft <laughs> true sort of um, okay I, I, I have one um, I don't know how new this is but I'm really sick of loot boxes that open up with all this like st- like fireworks and lights and the case is shaking and it cracks open and then there's just like a half-eaten pancake in there. <laughs> all the just the pomp and circumstances of opening loot boxes. It's like we've been through this fucking rigmarole a thousand. I've opened so many loot boxes. It's you not special a anymore. Use condom. How do I use this in Overwatch? I mean, everything with a with a loot box, I should be able to open every single loot box I own all at once and it just goes whoop right into my storage and I don't have to worry about yeah, it. Just, yeah. just give me the there's, hose. There's an official name for that. I feel like if you go to a GDC talk, I want to say it's called like the toast or like the, the little celebratory animation they do. They oh, they build that for a specific reason. It's a, it's like it makes people feel good about the opening dopamine the thing. rush. But it but it's like also after the first maybe one or two, you don't need that. Like everyone just wants to skip that shit. You know, it's like just let yeah, me see my Madden cards like it's fine. I, I, I'm not a fan of loot boxes, but I think we're in a position where, like, most of the time I'm like, dude, come on. I don't care. There's nothing in this of value. Go. Like, exactly Get right. me back to the yep. game. Yep. And and I think that will be the ultimate death knell of it because it'll slow down the gameplay. You said pomp and circumstance about a half-eaten pancake, and now I can think of this <laughs> half-eaten pancake. You didn't want this thing. I did. What will you <laughs> do with has it? soaked it so thoroughly. It's, Who a, it's ate the first half? Maybe a vendor will buy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'll craft the Offering a deal and half-eaten pancakes if you're ready to trade them in. I'm just trying to make Matt feel better about all the singing he does on this show. <laughs> there you go. It's been a while. It's been a while. I can't. Again, I can't. It's, it's why, like, a game like Remnant, all its upgrades are, like, stat-based. Like, it's, like, I don't have to, like, collect shit. Like, no, nah, it's just, just crap. It's just, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just garbage. Don't make me collect ammo. Make me, like, build up a thing and, like, uh, fucking hate that shit. 
Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I like I like it in some games, but yeah, I feel like it is overdone at this point. You know, mm. like it, it was fun in the Tomb Raider remakes. You know, sure. In Last of Us, perfect right. in Last of Us. I, I like that's the thing. Like Tomb Raider, like I would say I'm not into it, but like I never didn't have arrows because there was so much to pick up. Yeah, but I, there were other ways to get me arrows. Yeah. All right. So, what's a tr- recent trend in gaming that bugs the shit out of you? <laughs> Let us know. Uh, go to videogameapocalypse.com uh, and look under for the article for episode 342. If it's up, uh, I'm not making any promises, but uh, you can also hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Uh, there'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. So uh, that brings our show to a close. It's time to go out with some plugs. George, where can people hear your stuff again? Oh, my goodness. Um, ExperiencePoints.net is the website. We have a podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever you find great, delicious, half-eaten podcasts. (laughs) 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 I thought about doing it, but I decided not to. Now you cross the line, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I edit. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, oh yes, uh, uh, Laser Time. Listen to that when it eventually comes out, uh, and it will. <sighs> really, <laughs> really right it. Now. <laughs> wow, yeah. I, I, I don't like being on the phone all day. Is my job. It sucks, and uh, yeah, uh, it'll be out and fun stuff and. Yeah, uh, uh, Bride of Chucky. Listen to that. That's a really fun episode of uh, Elm Street Nightmare Season Three, and the first ever bonus time where I black out in the middle. We talk about Dolomite, Parasite, uh, Terminator Two, Dark Fate. Um, you can find another Ite Rhyme in there. Come on, damn it! I know we had we called it Ite Night. We saw Parasite <laughs> and Dolomite in the same day, even though I'd seen it already. I'm, I've seen Dolomite. My name is Dolomite three times. It's wow. my favorite movie wow. of the year. Dang, I Ooh. love it. I love it. I, the only thing I've seen almost as many times is The Mandalorian. So hopefully next week we'll we'll get into that a little bit because I really like The Mandalorian. Uh, and I didn't think I'd be in a position to really like anything Star Wars again because, man, you fucking people who like Star Wars suck. <laughs> <laughs> and if people, you know, don't want to spend the $7 a month on Disney+, Plus, they can head on over to where, Chris? Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Support, support the whole show. Hey, we'll talk about games again uh, this month. It's going to be a big, 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 big month, by the way. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Last month was big, too. October was really fun. Um, we've been talking about the website. So if you're hearing this, congratulations. Uh, if you would like to hear this directly in your podcast app and it didn't appear there, uh, we did post some workarounds on the official uh, VGA Twitter account as well as on the LaserTime Facebook page. Uh, as well as the Facebook community page. So there's there, there's a couple threads out there that do explain how you can add a new UR, feed URL into your podcast app and it will appear there even if the site goes down and it'll future-proof you for if the site goes down again. So maybe you know look that up and, and it just makes it a bit more convenient for you. And again, we do apologize for the inconvenience. On to more fun stuff. If you want to hear the most meta podcast appearance ever, I was on laser style which is a fan podcast about the laser time community we have fans and there's an entire podcast devoted to it where i was on as one of the hosts to talk about the laser time fan community uh with the host cody smith and so it was a really good time so all you had to do is, is search out laser style podcast um 
Cody every week, uh, I think it's every week, or every, uh, he does an interview with uh, some of the Laser Time community members, some of which you've heard from on the show. He has an episode with T.L. Foster. He has an episode up with Cody Laveau, who has been a guest who's on, on the show. Who's on bonus time talking yeah. about his dating life, I think. Ooh. I have to edit this Ooh, shit. Very it's nice. It's like two hours. It's awful. So, so yeah, um, I'm on there. This week, it's a Patreon exclusive. And then next week, I, I believe I'll be appearing in the free feed. But it was a really great time. Uh, and so, yeah, it's always nice to be able to plug in and give a little support for our fan community. So check that out. That is Laser Style. Then it's also November, which means Survivor Series, which means TL and I have big plans for this pay-per-view, which means new episodes of Cheap Podcast will be coming out later this month. Follow us on Twitter at Cheap Podcast to know when those are coming, and then follow me at Maddie C. Allen. All right. Well, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's been our show. We'll see you next week. I don't even care if he's right. It's like, what did you expect him to say? Like, did you expect him like, oh, yeah, no, I loved Avengers. That was amazing. I love that part where uh, Hulk punches Loki and says puny God. Like, that. can you imagine those words coming out of Scorsese's mouth? Exactly.